0: Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. And I saw all these these lines with question marks on. Like, going Craig go add question mark? Oh no, those are actually questions. It's actually question. Oh my god.
1: Okay. Uh alright. Okay, let's get started then. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey guys. We got Chris. What's up? And we got Fred. I'm here. Yeah, he's here. And we got one Thank more. You. We got a uh, special guest, uh, Jamie Paulson.
2: Hey, how's it going? Good, good, good. good this night.
1: is episode number 73, start your engines with Jamie Paulson. All right. Let's get to know Jamie some, uh, some more and kind of get all the listeners to up to speed <laughs> with, uh, who he is. First off, Jamie, how long have you been in the hobby?
2: Well, I guess like helicopters, uh, I think I started in 2006. My very first experience, though, was uh, planes. Uh, I think it was back in 93, Had my first uh, first uh, Balsa plane. And nice. That didn't
1: last very long. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, well, what was your first plane?
2: It was a Carl Goldberg Eagle II. Mm-hmm. with was the first actual like radio control, but I never really got to fly it. We were kind of poor then, so we never got all the stuff. It's actually okay. still sitting in my garage waiting for me to just complete it now.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Cool.
2: When I was doing control line stuff for that, there was this mm-hmm. old man that owned our property at the time, and uh, he had a lot of the old control line planes, little Cox motors. Yep. And he got me into those. So,
1: yeah, I did that for a little bit. They're fun to smash it to the ground. Um, yeah, that's
2: what happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, so, I mean, do you right now? Do you only fly helis, or do you also fly uh, what we call planks and multirotors, drones?
2: Drones. Uh, I'm uh, only a heli guy right now because uh, I've been trying to trying to find different ones I like. You know, find a place to kind of settle in. I mean, gas is where it's at for me. I think I'm settling in. So once I get the uh, the right conversion, and I'm I'm positive that that's the one, then, then mm-hmm. you know, i in there. I want to do. I want to pick up. You know, on a plank again. Like I said, finish my old one, and then maybe get me like a newer. Like a foam one, something that, you know, if I put it in, it's not gonna be a complete, you know, rebuild like a balsa wood,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. Twisted yeah. hobbies, man. That's Twisted that's hobby, that. yeah, an
2: awesome cool. crack
1: yak backyard flyer. Yeah, yeah. So what what got you interested in the hobby?
2: Well, like I said that uh there was that old man that got me in on the uh control line and then uh then I got that first plane and built it, but we never had the electronics. That I was really into the hobby then, but then you know, it's going on through life and, sure. I uh I joined the uh the Navy, like in 2002, and nice. I worked on helicopters for them, so I kind of got back into really liking helicopters again.
1: So. All right, on. Awesome. Let me ask a quick question now that you
3: said that. Have you ever seen the video of, I believe it was definitely a Navy ship with somebody flying a gas or nitro off the side of it? It's on YouTube.
2: No, um, I'll have to check that
3: out. It's really cool. I stumbled oh, yeah. upon it about a year ago. You just reminded me when you said that. Yeah, it's really cool. He takes like a, it's, I'm guessing it's a T Rex 600, you know, it looks like a 50 size Nitro. And, um, guy's really good, man, but he's off the side of this battleship. I don't know, some. you know, I'm not military, you no. Know, but it's some big warship and mm-hmm. takes it off and he's flying, you know, as the boat's moving, you know, he's, you know, Pyro flipping and tumbling you know, off the side of the boat and then lands it, you know, on the boat again. It was <laughs> <That's> <laughs> pretty cool. badass video, man. It was cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty,
2: pretty ballsy, especially. I mean, I guess yeah, if there's, yeah. Most of because I thought about buying when I was in Bahrain and uh, had these really nice malls, and there were these nice scale like full built like all you needed to was buy was a transmit I mean just beautiful helicopters, mm-hmm. and I wasn't that good then, so I didn't, but that was the thought, oh, I want to pick a flight off the back of the boat, but then realizing that I'd probably watch it go in the ocean and never be seen it again <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> we've um, all seen
4: that Phantom video where that same exact thing happens. <laughs>
0: Well, Jamie, Uh, let me say thank you for your service. Yeah. Uh, My pleasure. And uh, I thought Chris was going to ask, have you ever seen that video where the guy gets sucked into the motor? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I have seen that one. (laughs) That's where I thought he was going. (laughs) Jamie, so what do you do for a living?
2: Oh, my civilian job, I work for Mm -hmm. the uh, Army Corps of Engineers as a lock and dam operator. Oh, wow. It's a really mindless job. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, uh, on the mississippi river there's a series of locks and dams to keep uh, okay. uh, keep the water level at different different stages throughout mm-hmm. uh the length of the river and uh they need to be able to pass boats through to change this water so right my okay. job is okay. to like open a gate and dump water out fill water stuff like that so the boats can pass through and then i paint a lot
0: oh <laughs> cool. Geez. that's
2: like pretty much walls
4: it. or art oh no no like like oh. like
2: or whatever they need painted at the lock of day. Okay, <laughs>
4: he's
3: a graffiti specialist also. Yeah, <laughs> on the guy side.
4: Guy. <laughs> well, while the boats are waiting for the lock to equalize, he gets out there with the spray can and
1: starts his tagging mark. it. Of course, you know
4: I, I do little portraits and stuff. You know the, uh-huh. the deckhands they
2: throw me a few little cash, you know, for, for my efforts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he, yeah, he's man. the Banksy
4: of the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah.
1: all right um so are you sponsored do you have uh, some sponsorships
2: uh well i'm a team pilot for kbdd and nice. then the team
4: pilot on this blackout model so what's kbdd damn it guys oh i'm sorry well, yeah, well there there are there are a couple of listeners that may have hung on through all the helicopter talk that are not helicopter people <laughs> mm-hmm. so so that so they can enjoy the podcast too. You know, maybe give a little explanation on some of the stuff. KBDD International is a blade
2: manufacturer. Um, they run run the really like the bright bright orange blade. Like you'll see a base with bright orange, or they have a white and black version and a lime green and black version. Um, they're the really colorful blades. I really like them. They have like a wider cord, so they're really good for me with a gasser because it okay. gives you that extra lift. Okay, but cool. also. I, i've seen a lot like on my electrics that i that i flew they they just seemed like they really bit the air well and i just fell in love with them just like the sound and then the the feel was right for me like i flew other blades and i know that they're great blades uh the other brands it's just these felt the best for me and so you know i talked to them and then was uh added onto the team
1: cool yeah i need to get a set because i do like um how bright they are it was a uh, Met up with Dennis at, at the uh, Brooklyn Fun Fly, and he had a set on the 700. Those things were bright, like they casted a shadow on the table and everything of color. That's so cool.
2: Spotlight flying, you can really they really kind of stand out. Like you know, even without having a a night heli, if you just just fly in the spotlight, they really stand out.
0: Nice. Are those like readily available from sites like Hobby? Um, like ho- Helly Direct and stuff like that. Hobby <laughs> King. <laughs> I almost said Hobby King. Hobby
2: yeah, I mean, no. King. Uh, you can. Uh, yeah, you can purchase them on uh A Main. Uh, I believe you also. Uh, actually, I haven't seen them on KBD in a while. Uh, BRC Hobbies is one of the main suppliers of them, but then you can go to KBD International's page.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm there now, and I mean they're seven ten, extreme edition orange main rotors only hundred. 100- 19 bucks, that's not bad at all. Oh, that's not bad. That's a good deal. No, no,
2: that's what I run is a 710s. Oh, nice. Are you going to bring any extra with you this weekend? Uh, I wish I had a set of extra, but the last set, well, they just didn't. They didn't last.
4: <laughs> incident. I was going to say is is uh, that's not yeah. a very good sounding thing for you know, endorsing a product. product but,
1: it wasn't uh, a blade. It was uh, the I activist heli hitting a
4: rotation attempt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate that. I need to get a set of those. I want to give them a try. Cool. So what what helis do you have in your fleet now?
2: Uh, right now, I have the, uh, of course, the uh, the blackout G seven hundred Z. I have a, uh, a Goblin 380 that's, uh, still got to kind of build. It was a uh, used heli, needed some work. I've got a HD cell 500 that I picked up from a friend that I'm flying. I actually kind of like it. I mean, it it's, it's a nice 500. I know that one's actually, you know, discontinued, but I noticed a lot of it looks like the, the you know, the, the HD 502 now or whatever it is, but look very similar, flies well and uh i have a uh, thunder tiger x50e that i like as well but that you can't hardly find parts for it so
1: yeah I don't find much okay nice what kind of pilot would you describe yourself as
2: um <laughs> i like to do like like an in between sport to 3d not really like slow sport but not hard 3d so okay. i go for um a lot of uh like backwards flying is like backwards inverted. Uh I try for the funnels. I've been working on my TikToks more, but more like precision stop, you know, not just like super blinding fast, just you know, on point. That's what I that's kinda what I shoot for is just to make it look like it's flying versus just being thrown around. Okay. So I don't know if there's like a, a thing for that, but the- that's kind of where
3: I'm at. <laughs> we should we should rename it called "I meant to do that flying." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's to... at the point. To, sometimes I just fly and let it do whatever it wants, and I do yeah. that. And then sometimes mm-hmm.
1: I tell it what to do, and it does it. So
0: <laughs> nice compared to uh, rescue throttle hold flying. That's well, that's, what that's, what that's Kevin done. style
1: rescue throttle hold. Mine is I, I think I dub mine crazy sticks, and then rescue crazy sticks rescue. Um, <laughs> you know, and mine is usually more of like. I pushed the heli everywhere and see if I could break it. So let's see here what would be one thing you would tell someone new to hobby to do or not to do. Like kind of like, you know, re- your recommendation.
2: Uh well, don't go in over your head is one of the first things I say. Uh it seems people when they're getting in there, they want to just buy the biggest baddest machine they can get and it's, you know, way more than than they're ready for. And then they've got a lot more money invested in something that is inevitably going into the ground a lot sooner than, say, somebody that's been flying a while.
1: Sure. Mm -hmm.
2: One of the things that I always uh, push guys is like, all right, think about what you want to buy, but then also think, okay, I need some staples, like things that are the actual, you know, you could always have them, like a charger and a transmitter. I mean, focus there first. If you have to buy a $200 helicopter, So you can have a decent transmitter that's going to last you and, you know, be accurate and, and reliable, then, then do so, you know, but get that first and get you a good charger first. There's nothing more frustrating than having to wait forever to (laughs) charge a battery or to kill batteries by having a poor charger. Yeah. Yeah. That the helicopters will come, you know, but those are the things that you're always going to need to operate any helicopter. So that's what I usually start telling guys when they're looking into it. Get that stuff lined out first. Get you your sim, and you know, just find find something that's already beat up by somebody, but you
4: know, reliable. You know, yeah. And I love hearing you say that because you know, in the customer service things I do, uh, a lot of people want to buy the expensive aircraft, but cheap out on the charger and the transmitter. And, yeah. and the charger, the charger and transmitter, is the two things you use every time you fly. Doesn't matter how many airplanes you use; those are the two things you, you have to use every time you fly.
1: Yep. And I hate when I hear people like. Go, oh, you know, I bought this B6 IMAX, you know, oh. ACDC charger. And I'm like, well, you ever just go Google, you know, lipo fires and see what chargers they've been using. And that's nine out of ten times is that charger. Because there's so many knockoffs, so many, you know, fake ones. And I, I don't trust any of them at this point. But, you know, go buy yourself a decent
0: charger. Like, it's worth it. When I started, I bought the cheap Chinese radio, 30 bucks and no expo. Hey, you, and you, when you're starting out, you really can't fly anything without Expo. I, I yeah. wish I would have known about the DX6. I could have just spent another $100 and, you know, saved myself a ton of aggravation. Because I think I was flying my first 450 with that cheap Chinese radio, too. Oh, oh boy. man, That's oh. why you crashed it 30 seconds in the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's another thing, too.
1: Like, I mean, you know, you, you could have gone with, like, a $30, 40 like, cheap radio. Or you could you could probably bought a DX6 I used for very close maybe you know maybe fifty bucks more maybe a hundred bucks you know at, at the yeah. time it's yep. it's like in, you know the used market now is insane like there's so much stuff you could get used that are quality real good quality stuff like you were saying Jamie with the airframes and stuff you know um, yeah like, as long as you get parts for it like it's still viable so
2: right right and that'd be the other thing is telling people hey watch out for the airframes you know.
1: And make mm-hmm. sure it's something you can buy parts for. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can get that crazy deal on that, you know, uh, that Hirobo shuttle or whatever. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know? You see it every yeah, swap me.
1: Yeah, you see that every swap meet for like 20 bucks. What the problem is, <laughs> you fly it, was, crash it, that's it. You can not find parts.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was a Thunder Tiger guy forever and, you know, I yeah. stuck with it, you know, but mm-hmm. it got so hard finding parts, you know, yeah. and. Finally, have to give up on it because you end up spending more to get the used parts that people know they're worth money. And uh, sure, yeah, wow, it's not worth it whether you're stuck on them or not. Mm-hmm.
1: uh, so talking about like you know, don't cheap out on chargers, transmitters. So, what do you fly? What do you what kind of charger? What kind of transmitter? What fly brawl student do you use? Servos? What kind of equipment do you go for?
2: Well, uh, transmitter wise, I actually just upgraded, um, at the end of last year to a uh, uh, a T eight J. I've always been a Futaba guy.
1: Futaba, okay. I
2: ran my original transmitter, which was the, uh, the T eight U super. It was FM when I started back in, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, yep. I bought the, uh, 2.4, uh, module for it just a couple of years ago and started running it. But I flew it all the way up until, uh, just the end of last year. Uh, then I ended up finding a good deal on a, a T eight J and I really like it, you know, and I'm, you know, it's just keeping that stuff a uh, good quality, but yeah, you know, getting it a decent price, you know. hmm
5: uh, yeah.
2: but I've always really liked Futaba. I've flown Spectrum a few times. I have have a DX six I, but it's just it's never felt the same flying it versus flying my Futaba, just something weird. But just never never really got into it. And I had a couple of uh, uh satellite failures too, which cost me a bird a couple of times. So mm-hmm. I just yeah. ended up with a bad taste on, on that. Not that they're bad. I mean, I could have had bad satellites, anything like that. I just, I didn't really like the feel of the control on the uh, Spectrum for some reason. But.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially the 6i, it's very toy yeah. feeling. Believe, but, um, yeah, feeling yeah,
2: it's, good, it's just yeah. the 6 too, mainly. Like, it, it seemed like uh, the collective was just never right for me. It's like it was mm. just real touchy around center. Like, I, I don't know. It's like I, I had a hard time, you know, getting any kind of collective management out of it. Right. And right. I could take my Futaba and then just lightly move above center or below center, and my heli would only move up and down just a little bit. With that, with that DX6i, it was like, if I just touch it, it's shooting up, or if I let off, it's, you know, slamming down. And just never got the feel for that one.
1: Uh, what about your, like, servos, fly barless? You, you run Futaba for those too, or?
2: Oh, no, no. Like, servos is pretty much whatever I find that's a good deal. I haven't really locked in on a servo brand. Like the ones I'm finding my are right now, uh, a good buddy, uh, Justin Hartstock gave me, uh, gave me about two years ago, some KDS, uh, six thirties. I've really liked them. Um, but I haven't really been stuck on a brand servo wise, just as long as they're, you know, quality and, uh, you know, not tore up.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah. Uh, fly barless. I've always been a Spartan guy. That's oh, what I've always okay. seen to run. So, I, I like the uh, the punishment and trying to tune.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear about them. They're a
2: bit soon. <laughs> when you get them right, I mean, I love them. But like sometimes it's just a matter of, all right, well, I know my tail's doing this, so I can increase the gain, or I can go in and like you know do something different, like in the extra parameters. But each time to be different. Like my last gasser, that uh, morphus that I had. It, uh, I had a tail bounce. I just could not, could not get out. I mean, mess with it forever. And, uh, finally, uh, Robert Monty here at, uh, the, uh, the Fredericksburg, uh, flying club, mm-hmm. like he helped me out for like four or five hours one day. We were just like trying to tune my guest and we finally started adding some B gain And then suddenly, suddenly it was going away. And it was just odd that adding that took away that little bounce that I, I was having. But there's always little things, you know, and then you tune another one. And you try the same thing, and it doesn't work, and so you have to go find another parameter. It seems
3: right, right. I was just saying, I flew Spartan before V Control, and I, I actually loved them. I had really good luck with them, um, you know, With them, never, never really had a whole lot of tuning issues. But of course, I wasn't using it on a gasser. I didn't do any nitro. It was all electric stuff with those. But definitely a good unit. Definitely, definitely good right. units.
2: Well, what was weird with them though is it seemed, and maybe it was just me, but I did like three helicopters. I built a a, a three eighty for a guy. At the same time, building uh, my own, uh, I remember which helicopter. I was building one of my own. Or I, was, I was doing the Oxy at that point in time. And I had the same exact tail issue between both of them. And I went through and checked my tail setup. You know, my gains and stuff were right. You know, my mechanical gain was right. But it seemed like the three units I did after I had done the uh, the newest upgrade, it was like every one of them would come up with a tail kick. And before, I could basically just set them up and – Set it and fly know, it, yeah. Yeah, and they, they were just – they were spot on. I mean, you might change your gains, you know, based on your flying style, but but I never had any any issue with, uh, like, my maiden flight having, like, a weird tail kick or bounce or anything like that. So, And maybe it was just me. Maybe i uh, getting senile or something and setting up my tails on. I don't know.
0: Did <laughs> you find a push rod inside the tail tube? <laughs> that might have been it. That <laughs> no. might have led to it. <laughs>
2: It might have been that one, yeah. Because <laughs> one yeah.
0: one I ha- I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well maybe yeah. this week maybe this weekend we'll
3: give you maybe you can take a pull on the ga- on the goblin gasser with the V control and see if um we can get you to get into the Kool-Aid.
1: Uh, here comes <laughs> Which the problem. Kool-Aid, a goblin or the V control Kool-Aid? Either yes. Both of them. Both? <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: um no, just get a feel for V control if you want to feel it. Try it out this weekend, see what you think.
2: Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't wouldn't be opposed to that because um, I hear great things about them. And uh Ricardo's always made great products anyway. So I mean, sure, yeah. doubt it would be, be
1: bad or not. So. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Um, what about batteries? What do you run? Just any batteries you get? You run Pulse, OptiPowers? Uh,
2: I actually and like just... the uh, – I ran the Glaciers for, for a, a glaciers. long time. Mm-hmm. To be yeah. kind of the go to for a good price, and you know, I wasn't flying super, you know, super hard or anything, so yeah, you know, killed them or anything. I really like the Rev Electrics. Uh, like, uh, mm-hmm. Frank uh, had a – I bought a 600 from Frank know, almost two years ago, and uh, he uh, he had two batteries included with it, they were Rev Electrics, and they had like a high flight time, but I still flew the crap out of them for like another year before they nice. started kind of kind of falling off. Who'd you get the helicopter from, you said? Uh, Frank Mordielos. <laughs> Frank that for that one? <laughs>
3: All right, go ahead. Who was it again? <laughs> Mordiellos. <laughs> no, keep trying. Is, is that a cheese?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Frank.
3: All right. Every episode, we
1: have to get that in. So Yeah, we got to get someone to say I just
4: thought someone else worked it in. Yeah.
2: <laughs> He's going to kill me now. No,
3: nah. <laughs> maybe <practiced> before. <laughs> <laughs> Frank said he's got nothing but love for you. Oh, okay. good.
1: <laughs> um, so before gasers, did you fly nitros too? Like your seven hundred was yeah. a nitro.
2: Yeah, well, my first helicopter was a uh, nitro, a Nexus thirty. Uh, oh, okay. I had it for a short period of time, but it. I learned to fly without a uh, tail gyro. It was Rebel mix back then, as it was mm-hmm. on a little Sky Sport six. I had it for like – well, I had it for a very long time, but I only flew it for like three months before I got a Raptor 30, and then the Nexus got parked because right. Raptor was a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I started out on nitro, huh? and the the only issue I don't – or reason I don't fly is where I live. I have to order nitro, and so yeah. you got a huge expense, and I can burn a gallon of nitro a day, and so that's like $32 right there just in one day oh, of wow. flying. Okay. It adds up. But with like a gasser, I mean, I could fly for like a month, and on like a gallon if I wanted. so <laughs> um, That's
1: amazing. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into the gasser talk soon. I'm curious about all that stuff. Um, cool. All right, so let's uh, see how everyone's week's been. Uh, Chris, how's your week been? My week's
3: been completely full of RC helicopter stuff. I, um, of course, getting ready <laughs> for the spring fling, and I'm trying to. The problem, like everyone always says, you know more helicopters, more stress. It actually is true. <laughs> so no one feel bad for me. It's I choose it, but I love, you know, love having a lot of them, but trying to make sure up they're eight. all flying good and tuned. Right. And well, none of them are tuned. Right. So I'm going to hopefully get some pointers on tuning this week, but, um, you know, just trying to get them all ready and make sure they're working condition. I got this black thunder type T. I started it on Monday, Sunday night, maybe Sunday night at about nine o'clock and it's completely ready to go, except, um, setting up the ESC right after we record. And, um, Hopefully get that ready to go and then tomorrow just got to pack up the RV and figure out what I need to – I haven't packed to go camping ever so I need to – I have no idea what I need. So I'm hopefully going to get all that put together but um, that's really it. Just been building and, and um maintaining all my helis this week.
0: Nice. Cool.
1: All right. So who wants to go next?
0: Uh, I'll go. Uh, okay. Kevin, actually, go. I, I actually can't wait till we get to Fred's because I got some yeah. questions for him. He, oh, was posting, he was posting pictures on Facebook, and it was really cool. But I flew. I flew on Sunday. Nice. Yeah. I flew the Oxy, the 690. I actually got the Oxy um working with the new Neo. Yeah. Uh, Rob and that? Steve helped me out big time with that, and it's awesome. For that little tiny, and it's a sport. It's a little 255 heli, man, and it was I was doing rainbows like it was the 690 it was ridiculous I was I was so freaking happy to have that thing going Nice Then I jackhammered it into the runway at one point and broke another set of skids mm. I was shocked that I actually broke yeah, it just the front Yeah <laughs> But I flew it some more after that but uh yeah it was it was cool man And I also had the the Goblin 380 that I was working on had a uh spectrum v-bar brownout with that with that thing i had uh you gotta you gotta say
1: like spectrum like v-bar brownout because you spectrum, like, spectrum right
0: spectrum like <laughs> v-bar brownout i, I had ish. <laughs> i had info packets lost uh on that yeah pack. that's crazy and, Just and it was it was weird because i i've been i was flying in like the little test area you know if, if we don't have the multi-gp guys flying in our field we can hover and you know slightly test helicopters out over there. So I went over there and I was you know hovering it kind of like moving it around back and forth getting my my uh agility settings and you know just get it to how I felt it was comfortable and changed uh-huh. we were changing some RPM settings and stuff. I flipped it over went inverted and then came back out and was was kind of nose in banked around like to the right and, and I just heard the motor shut off. I'm like, "Oh crap." It's a three eighty and it's like fifty feet in the air <laughs> and I'm like, Oh geez, gotta get it down. And I, I got it down and I think I I broke the one of the landing skids. But uh I was shocked that's all I did. And made some more changes. We we tried messing around with the antennas, me and Rob and uh a couple of other things. He tends to think it's the belt because he did that on his and, and had static build up from the belt. So I mean I'm gonna try that. Um Yeah. You know, yeah, it's he had a very time...
1: similar issue with his logo.
0: Yeah, and it's the first time mm-hmm. running the the Neo on the 380 with the carbon fiber all set up deal. So, I don't know, it's fiberglass on the... F- I think the, the canopy's fiberglass, yeah. but the, the tail is carbon fiber.
1: Yeah, but that, that wouldn't affect it. Like but that's uh, the so, same as... Yeah, Yeah, where you have the antennas wouldn't... It yeah, shouldn't we tried, bother we it. Tried,
0: yeah, we tried little things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, just to see if there was any difference, and then I had, and then Rob thinks I had like a dumb thumb moment. What I thought was a dumb thumb, but Rob thinks when we looked at the info again that it could have been another packet loss that that screwed me up. And I plied, I actually plowed it into the ground pretty good, and I was shocked that I didn't break any f- blades. I screwed two servos though, or they're just shot, but I really didn't break any mechanical parts. Nothing bent. No, nothing bent. Nothing broke. Nice. Uh I hit I did my signature rescue throttle hole. <laughs> rescue throttle hole, And uh yeah, and, and it was just like he thought I dumb thumbed it and I thought I dumb thumbed it when we looked at the logs, it was more like uh you know, we had the packet losses again. Ah it's so weird, you know. So I'm gonna uh I'm gonna mess around with that, but uh you know, it's not like I don't have other things to fly, so Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, I mean and, and we got the parts ordered, so we should yeah, actually I got the 570, five seventy, six ninety, I mean and I, I don't know how much flying I'm going to get in down this weekend, you know. So, uh-huh. we'll see. Yeah, you going to bring the nitro? Because I'm going to talk to everybody. No, I still got to work on. I uh, get that muffler fixed. Oh,
1: and just stuff, bolt that those, thing up. Those bolts. Just let me know because then, if so, then I'll bring my pump starter, and all that nitro stuff, you know, to to support all stuff.
5: that
0: nitro stuff. Yeah. I also flew the old Viggen a yes. few times. My version three Viggen. That's still in one piece, sort of. Yes. And, uh, man, I love flying that thing because every time I fly it, I get either questions about it or somebody comments on it. Dennis was asking me a bunch of questions on it and he said he bought one a couple years ago and haven't, haven't put one together yet. Uh, still sitting in the box, he said. So, uh, nah, that thing's awesome, man. It's so cool. And we had a pretty strong headwind at one point and I had that thing just sitting in one spot, just parked. Mm-hmm. It was cool as hell. Yep. Love it. But yeah, that's what, cool. that's what I was up to. All right. all right, Steve, you go next. Yeah, I'll go
4: next. Yep,
1: flew on Sunday, had a great time. I didn't stay out too late. I think I left at, like, 1.
0: Um, Yeah, 1 or 2.
1: Yeah, I had a couple of things I need to do after that. This past weekend was pretty busy. Um, I mean, I want to thank you again, Kevin, and all my, you know, friends like Rob and Devin and, and Eric, who came yeah. out all the way from Brooklyn to help me, you know, work on my garage. So, yeah.
4: Uh, Oh, you cheated. I thought you did all that yourself. I was impressed. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I was like, man, that is awesome. I couldn't believe what you got done. Uh, well, now, now, I'm less impressed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't
4: – I mean,
1: these guys were digging the trench out for me. and So, I mean, I can't – Okay, I did see that picture. I can't, you know, thank them so much. I mean, enough for that because I probably have a broken back right now if I try to do all that.
4: You should probably um, give each one of them a helicopter.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I got hamburgers and hot dogs, so that was fun Yeah, I, Kevin got something coming to him, anyways. But yeah, uh, did a lot of work on the garage. Uh, I started putting the neo back in a three eighty, um, nightbird that I have because I want to have that for the spring fling. Yeah. So I got a, I put the neo in. I mounted it, but I didn't do anything. I didn't. I haven't set it up or anything. I got to also look for my charger, for the night blades. Because oh, um, right. it's all in the it's all somewhere in the garage and the garage is a total mess right now. So you
4: you need to do a, uh, a walkthrough video tour of the garage now. So yeah. a year from now you can look through, back at it and say, wow, what a mess that was.
1: Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll do a little Facebook live on my normal profile and just, just tag it there, you
0: know,
4: so that yeah, way you can get that before breakfast. and after.
0: I don't want to do that, Fred, in my garage because I'll be like a year later, I'll be like, that's still sitting in the same spot a year later. <laughs> Except it
1: has an inch more dust on <laughs> an inch it. Inch more dust. Yep.
4: Well, well, Steve's so at a point where he has to. I mean, there's yeah. there's there's nowhere to go but up from here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm rock bottom right now, and I'm I'm slowly <laughs> making my way back. So, um, yeah. Besides that, uh, yeah, just trying to get ready for this uh, fun fly
0: um cool. dude all right no yeah. i have to say dude you're we're flying this weekend and you are just destroying it with with that damn helicopter man i was blown away i've seen you fly most of the times we're together but mm-hmm. i don't know what the hell you've been doing i maybe cuz you've been on uh parental leave that you've had some time uh, to paternal. sim uh i don't know uh, but Dude, you're, you're freaking killing it, man. I was blown away with some of the stuff you were doing. I feel like I've been doing this myself, <laughs> but thank you. No, you're not. You're like, you were doing some inverted stuff and flipping around and then uh, the TikToks and whatever. And I was just like, wow, man. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Nice. Well, thank you. I'm going to be like, that's Steve right over there. When we're that <laughs> thing this weekend, I know that guy. I'm going to be like, I, I know him. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. I'm his biggest oh, fan. Boy. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I told him everything he
4: knows. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh
1: boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fred. <laughs> Where'd <did> you go? <laughs> All
4: right. Well, I had a good week. I, um, I got out and uh, met up with a friend of mine that uh, I haven't well, I haven't seen him in a while. We met up in person at, at the uh, First Flight Fest, and, uh, well, I was kind of busy with a lot of things when I was there, so I didn't spend a lot of time with people. But we went to the uh, Naval Air Station Air Museum over in Pensacola, and uh, his father and his son was with them, and we had a great time exploring through the different exhibits there. I also got out and went to the local, local heli meet, the... Um, Yes. Folks down in Panama city. And there was some impressive stuff down there. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, probably the, 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 the highlight of the event was the guy with a turbine helicopter. I mean, full out jet turbine engine in it, wine and all, uh, going up and flying around. And then there was another guy. He was a Canadian, uh, the friendliest guy there, not to knock the rest of the guys. They, they were a little bit more sand but the Canadian of course was friendly. Um, he was flying around with a a, a helicopter, he's <laughs> doing a, a eight hundred and fifty RPM on the head speed, and that thing sounded awesome. That that just was cool.
0: Yeah, I saw that video, man. Yeah, that was insane, dude. And I gotta ask, dude, who was the guy you went to the naval, naval air station with? That was Dave, right?
4: <laughs> Dave, yep.
0: You met him yep, at the uh, first flight fest. That's where I started hanging out with him at the first flight fest.
4: Yeah, super nice guy. He's uh, he's got an event of his own. Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: When is that? Monkey Fest.
1: It's in August. Monkey Fest, yeah.
4: So, yeah, we'll definitely have to make an announcement for that, even if we're not able to make it. Yeah.
0: Are you going to be able to make it, Kevin? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, dude. If it's not a weekend thing, probably not. Like, if I can't shoot out there (laughs) on a weekend. uh,
1: Because he's in PA. He's not that far. I mean, he's kind of deep into PA, right? Is he? I thought he was in Ohio.
4: No, I'm not sure
0: he's in either one of those places, (laughs) <laughs> i check, thought he was but, uh, pa but I oh, could maybe be the western part of pa yeah if yeah, he's western pa i'd go out hang out for a day do yeah the camping thing definitely oh that'd be cool he's good people man we hung out with him at the second flight no the second time we went to nef we hung out with him yeah second and third yeah we were like but the second time i think one of the times we were we had like rooms at the same hotel we were, we were hanging out till like two o'clock in the morning like bs and then just yeah, having yeah, a good time, thing. man. Yeah. I had a lot of fun, man. He's good people, man.
4: Um, unless his uh, Facebook status is inaccurate. It says he lives in Ohio, so.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was Ohio. I thought he was close huh. to the boys out there.
4: Yeah, apparently there's a lot of overlap. He uh, works with an airport that uh, Alex had done his initial flight training with, I guess. So, mm. And then, and you know. Flight test stuff. Throw that in there. Is, uh I placed an order for the FT Gremlin, I, it was killing me seeing the guys, you know, talking about it. And I had to just uh, nice. put one on the on the queue. Uh, awesome, man! Uh, it's it's on back order at the moment, so I'm waiting on on that. But I can't wait to get that. That's definitely going to be the one that gets thrown in the saddlebag and goes with me on the motorcycle.
0: Now, what size oh, yeah. is that? Like 180?
4: Yeah, it's oh, it's oh, a little bit oh, bigger oh. than the. Uh, <laughs> A little bit bigger than a inductrix. It's it's pretty yeah, it darn like small. I like a
0: hundred or something. Oh wow, that's small. Yeah. Well, what are the specs on that, Fred? Is that two S? You can do on that thing.
4: <laughs> it uh, it it can do 3S. Wow. And uh, it was funny. can do three really? Yeah. TJ did an episode, uh, an update where apparently he thought it would do four S.
1: Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> and I guess the, not. <laughs>
4: the, the only thing it did on four S was smoke. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That would have been insane. Three S just it was absolutely crazy watching it.
0: That the only multi rotor info I'm up to now, I'm up to speed on is like the the Phantom I have. Like now, I think I I was listening to a podcast they did where they have everything on one board. The whole flight controller and ESCs and everything is on one board. Is that what you use for the Gremlin, or do you still have like your ESC no, it's board cut, it's and no.
4: Yeah, it's independent components. Oh, okay. it's
1: like a two fifty race quad. Like it has everything: flight controller, everything, this thing. You know. Yeah, oh, it's okay. an
4: Emacs package, uh, motor it's package. It's tiny. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a little challenging to solder up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely you bringing your A game for that. But other than that, I, I'm I'm really excited about trying that out. Cool, man. Nice. And uh, it's a little late for it to be an announcement. You know, by the time people listen to this, it's pretty much going to be old news. But uh, this is coming Saturday, I guess, tomorrow, so if you're tomorrow. listening mm-hmm. to this, right when it's released, is International Drone Day. So for you drone folks... International Drone day look it up on Google they're, they're holding different events little community outreach type events all over the well all over the world it's international but um, definitely in the country there's a, a maybe a, a, a gathering a meet near you uh, on Saturday uh, they what their idea one that was is mostly trying to get a little bit of good press for them for drones instead of having just all the negative stuff out there uh, I was kind of um, blown away when I went down to the helicopter meet and I mentioned the word drone uh, it, it I might as well have been swearing. Um, You know, (laughs) drones definitely do not have a good reputation with even other people in our hobby, which I think we need to fix, but it's a soapbox for another time. Um, But, yeah, this uh, International Drone Day, I think this is the third annual meetup for it, and it's a chance to kind of get out there and and give a little good PR for our hobby instead of letting the media drive it.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. You know, I think it's, I think it, we've talked about it before on the podcast. I think it's the older, the older guys, and, and I think it's the, you know, there's definitely a correlation between the AMA and the government and the drones that just like blew up in popularity, you know, without a doubt. I mean, whether, whether they're related or not, they all happened at the same time. So, you know, the old guys in the, in the AMA are going to be like you know well you know it's because of those drones and 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 those racing but and it wasn't even a racing quads it was just you know idiots going out and buying a lot Phantoms of DJ stuff. stuff yeah, yeah that-
4: well and, and, and not to blame DJI, it's you know no. back in the old days uh, you know you got me started back in the old days you couldn't fly one of those balsa glow you know 40 size or bigger planes in your ball field you had to go to a big field and so generally, you're, you're there with other club members. And there was someone there to smack in the back of the head if you did something stupid. you know. Yeah. And yeah. even as we progress into the electric stuff where you could kind of get away with going to the ball field, you're still going online looking for help. And when you posted or said something stupid on there, you could get that internet smack in the back of the head. Say, hey, listen, that's not good. Don't do that. But with the new stuff, you don't even need that much. You go buy it, take it out of the box, and it flies. Right. And you don't have to talk to anybody, ask for help or anything. And so you're not getting any sort of guidance at all. And that's where I, I, you know, it kills me is that these clubs that are excluding them and the AMA that's excluding them, you know, instead of inviting these folks in and saying, yeah, come on, bring your drone over here and then being able to show them, you know, proper RC etiquette, you're, you're throwing them to the wind and then blaming them for not knowing anything. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, kind of our own fault for not being a little bit more proactive with it.
0: Well, I think it's it's that, and it's initially what you said. You know, it's like it's like the kid that gets given a car when he's, you know, eighteen or whatever. Dad yeah. buys him a car. He's not. It, it's a whole thing of not knowing the value of a dollar. It's like, it's that's that whole lesson. You know, I well,
4: you not know, no only that, but dad I'm, giving dad dad giving him a sports car and then wondering why he's getting speeding tickets. You know? Yeah,
0: right. I mean, before they came out with the the phantoms and all the stuff that was ready to go out of the box, you know, we we had to build stuff our own uh you know with the electro hub and whatnot and so you knew you what it took to put this thing together you you know all the components and how many days and weeks you spent building it and then trying to fly it and when you can just pull it out of the box and i push the stick this way and it goes that way and you know you don't know where your home's set up or anything like that i mean i have to say my phantom is pretty good and and i don't know if this is just a recent update but i never have to tell it when I boot it up where home position is, it's always wherever I boot that thing up and, and set it down. That's where the home position is. I, I haven't booted it up yet where, you know, I'm down at the field an hour away and, and it thinks home is still back up at my house, you know. And and like I said, I think that's an update. Yeah. 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 Which or is or worse, because, uh, you know. That's probably yeah. another thing, you know. Back when DJI first came out, it probably didn't didn't have that. It was probably relied on the user a lot, and that was overlooked by the user. And now, DJI TG, is just yes. like, well, screw it. Here's your home position. Mm-hmm. Here's where you can't fly. <laughs> we'll we'll just put that all in the in the firmware updates. You know.
4: Well, yeah. And and I always kind of compare that when I was explaining it to folks is you know if you ever turn on your cell phone or the GPS in your vehicle and you see it somewhere else and then it zeroes in onto where you are if you're not getting that gps calibrated you're doing yes. the same thing that gps thinks it's somewhere else and that's where it's going to try to go home if that's where you set home as yeah i think that's where a lot of those early day flyaways came from
1: cool mm, FT gremlin all right i guess uh let's move it on to the main topic here so converting to gas you know running a gas heli you know first of all like what what sizes could be converted? I mean, you always see 700s, right? That seems to be the common uh size for conversions, but are there any other conversion sizes? That's,
2: 700 is pretty much the most common one. Um there is on uh the sites uh, com. there is one. It was uh, based on a 600 size, but I never really seen too many people like Go into it, or buy it, or even talk about it. So
1: yeah, and, I mean, I know didn't wasn't there a Goblin six thirty gas right? Because I know Rybert had that,
2: right? Yeah, they have. Yeah, this,
1: that was the one, right? Six, yeah, the six thirty. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Leviathan. I think the, the Leviathan. That's
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there was that. But I mean, you're still you're kind of running over the six hundred size at that point. So you're you know yeah. you're almost pushing towards seven hundred. Right. And a lot mm-hmm. of it's due to the weight of the actual engine and the. uh you know, the airframe you need to support the extra weight pretty much requires you to have, you know, something with a, a larger disc, you know, for the disc yeah. loader and whatnot. But.
3: Um, there is – Carol Shirley from Gas Department Helicopters does make the 570 gas conversion. Oh, that's um, right. That's actually what my nitro is based off of. And the motor you use, the gasser motor is called the GT15. OS mm-hmm. makes it. H- um, yeah, they – I think they had some issues in the beginning. Um, i believe the cir the circlips on the ring were actually coming out or breaking or something like that oh wow um, apparently they've gotten that bug fixed um, i'm going to let them test a little while before i go ahead and buy it as it's a pretty expensive motor so um, but yeah they make it it's the same casing as a OS91 um
5: right. so okay. it
3: looks identical you i mean i don't even think you could tell by really looking at it if you didn't know what you were looking at um, but it converts it so it's basically the same size as the OS91 but it's
1: a gas and um so, it's pretty yeah, cool. Uh, so I was wondering, like, because I know there's like, they make those GT10s and 15s and like yeah. all the smaller, I know yeah. for planes, you know, like those gas powered engines. I'm curious why, you know, no one has taken a Ford, like an NX4 and put, yeah. you know, a gas power engine I, in it. So.
3: I think it was just that problem because that engine was having problems. You know, you took a lot sure. of guys, you know, they were testing it. I know Kerry from Gas Powered um, created a new head um, to actually keep the temperatures down, I think, by a lot. And supposedly there's there's a bunch of them out there with a million flights on them and have no problems. So, um, oh, nice. Eventually, I'll, that's why I built that 570 was to be a gasser. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, I said, wait, let them work the kinks out, and then I'll go ahead and pull the pull the trigger yeah. on the gasser motor.
1: Plus, I need to fly it in a nitro form first. Oh, I think so fun. That thing is awesome.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't have high expectations for that. Uh, the 15 hz It's just. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, and maybe it was because at first I knew they had so many issues and then I'm looking at the size of it versus, you know, what you have like displacement wise for a cylinder and, you know, how you're putting fuel in. a lot of that just doesn't seem seem like it would be as efficient as like, say, the RC format or even the Poo format with their actual style uh, or the design, you know, with your crank and all that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm anxious to see, but I don't. Like for that that kind of price on that engine versus what I can pay for a fully tuned, you know, like a three hundred max, that's mm-hmm. you know ported, balanced, <laughs> uh bored and stroked. You know, you pay four sixty five for one of those through Hanson or or I think it's five something for a TRM, and then you've got a an actual tuned engine versus a stock OS one that you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No-
3: convert, convert it over and. <laughs> Right.
5: Right.
2: Yeah. So, and, and you know, Hey, it it may be great because it'll save a lot of weight. I just don't, I don't know if it's, it's going to be as powerful. And after seeing what even my Morpheus could do with this, this 300 max, I'm going to be really impressed to see what the, this blackout is, which is going to be like two and a half pounds lighter than the other ones.
1: So let's talk about power, you know, like say a TRM 300 or, or a 300 size three CC, right? I'm guessing, um, gasser engine compared to an OS 105 compared to like your standard seven hundred twelve S power system like obviously I know electric is a different beast right like you got kind of an unfair advantage of electric but when you talk about nitro versus gas lean powered like you know are there any trade-offs as far as weight power to weight ratio or just raw horsepower
2: um, oh definitely I mean you look at like say a size of even a 105 to a uh, <clears throat> or a 91 compared to mm-hmm. just a you know like the 275 to 300 are, are all like by Zenoa say about about the yeah. same weight they they're really close mm-hmm. and the the amount of power just like like the old adage where there's there's no no substitute for cubic inches you know you get more power without having all that extra weight but then you're also going to deal with heat issues because you know you're, of course you're thinning things down. What on the inside, but when you go to right. compare it, something that say burns on a uh, a nitromethane type fuel, you know an oxidized fuel, so it's like already has its little boost put into it versus just mm. gasoline. You're you're going to have a completely different running type engine, and then you're going to have a completely different, uh, like say your torque is going to be completely different at different ranges, and so those effective ranges are what's going to say why this one will do do uh, do more with uh, its lighter weight than say a gasser will in its ranges. Right. Like, I, I can't even remember what a nitro engine's running RPM was on a, on like a 90. It's been so long since, since I've looked into them. But like, like say my gasser, it's uh, depending on gear ratio, but the operational range for mine is the 14,500 to 15,000 RPMs is, is where it's really, really kicking out some, it's, it's best power from what i found, hmm. you know, where I can like climb out. Like I run uh 2100, or on my last one on this one, I'm going to run 2100 as well with the uh, 710s. And I'm running, uh, you know, plus minus uh, 12 degrees pit and doing climb outs. And you, I yeah. hardly hear any kind of like fall off, you know, in steady climb outs. Okay. Uh, but like, say, with a, with a nitro, I mean, you wouldn't hear anything. You know, yeah. it would just be up and down. So,
1: uh, so would, would gas power just be more torquey because they have more displacement and you know, the, I, I think the RPS might be a little bit lower. I'm not sure, but I feel like it, you know, it looks bigger. Whenever I see a gasser and a heli, it looks sh- freaky huge. You know, the, the shroud and all that stuff it just looks huge.
2: Yeah, um, it, they are actually compared to, like, say, when you hold a 91 or something on there, mm-hmm. it's not even the size of the cylinder, basically, you know. Right, right. I, I would say, yeah, definitely, like, it, it has more available torque because you can actually carry loads with a... uh mm-hmm. A gasser. That that was why they, you know, forever they were like big camera rigs and whatnot, because they were they were able to turn the uh, bigger blades and run lower head speeds and and you know stay up longer and and carry that load. Like I think they were right. doing a test on the the synergy, uh, the seven six six gasser. I think it like carry a strap like a twenty five pound block to the thing and took off with it and it was oh wow. Great, so you know, and I mean that's all unofficial stuff right there, I guess. But yeah, I think he, I think it was on a video on Facebook he had somewhere though, that that was one of the things they were testing or doing with it. You know, just lifting stuff with it, which is something you could definitely do in a gasser and maintain. I think if you put a lot of extra weight on a nitro, you're really going to see it fall off, obviously, because mm-hmm. you just don't have the stroke or the uh, or the
1: displacement. Right, right. Hmm. Uh, so I mean, what what challenges are there when you convert something to gas?
2: Uh, Vibration.
1: (laughs) Vibration, yeah.
2: Dedicating vibration, which um, you can't, and as it was put to me by uh, Al Cinelli from uh, Hanson, it's like you can't balance a one-cylinder engine, really, because, I mean, you've got a cylinder going out and coming back in. But you can optimize the, uh, like, say, the the movement at certain RPM levels. So, like, the crank is coming around. It kind of smooths it out, but you can't really balance it. Um, so, so having something balanced is, is pretty much a key on, on, on gas or engines. You definitely, definitely need to have them balanced or else they can, they can tear stuff up, but you also have to look at your build and how you're placing items, where you're placing items on your helicopter, you know, cause heat's going to come up through certain areas, a lot more heat than say a nitro would, uh, and equipment can get hot and fail on you.
1: Do they run uh like their optimal running temperature higher than a nitro motor? Like nice oh. you don't want to go above like two twenty or two forty or something like that
2: oh yeah like the operational range as per uh uh Hansen was uh can like run between two hundred and two eighty okay mine pretty much runs about two twenty two thirty when I'm like in a full like idle up flight for the whole flight and right. I land and put the check it's 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 about two thirty is what i what I'm getting for all my on my gun so and there may be a little bit of you know, loss for me landing and whatnot, but yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I know if like that, the nitros and stuff that I run, if I, you start getting up in that 200 range, so you, you can, you can really do some damage to them. It seemed like.
0: I got a noobish question for you. When you guys, when you start getting into this, I know not your first one, but say you're, you're into it and you have a few of them. Do you always start out having an electric version and then convert it over like fly it as an electric or is there a point in time where you could just build it as a gasser and, throw it up there
2: yeah I, I just build as a gasser i mean
0: okay. like at
2: this point it's like i mean to me a helicopter is a helicopter whether it be nitro gas or electric Right. you know if, if i like this one and i go buy it you know um then obviously I'll, I'll you know fly it as as i like it best if i'm not happy with it as an electric or i think it's going to make a good gasser and there's an available conversion for it then i right. definitely look into it but okay but yeah i mean you don't really. I don't feel that you, you you need to actually fly a helicopter to know if you want to convert it or not. It's just a matter of to know if you want a gas helicopter or not.
0: Right. It's, okay. it's going to
2: change the whole thing. I mean, basically, your your frames are going to be something different for the most mm-hmm. part, most Yeah. Converters.
0: Yeah. I didn't know if there was any reason to like test it out as an electric first or how it originally came first before converting it over.
2: I mean, personal curiosity. Like, if I bought me a new electric that I knew it was going to convert. I still kind of want to fly it as an electric if I didn't have to spend a ton of money buying, like, a motor, ESC, and packs to run yeah, it. If I had stuff, then, yeah, definitely. Or if I, at least I knew that, yeah, there's, you know, somebody's probably going to buy this because it's it's a good motor. But, you know, uh, but I would always have that interest just because I like helicopters. If I can make it fly, I want to make it fly and see how they fly, you know, no matter what mm-hmm. type they are or what brand they are.
0: Okay. Yeah
1: for gas is it just you know run running a mill 87 unleaded do you you know is there any additives or any like prep work you have to do to the fuel itself or do you have to get like leaded fuel or anything crazy
2: Uh, it's a it's two cycle gas you can run camp fuel i haven't i haven't done it yet uh Mm -hmm. just because it's so easy for me to go to the go to the gas station and put in 87 which is i've Everyone I've talked to said they've had great luck with it. I mean, you can go up in octane, but sometimes you can you can cause issues. Uh, but it's two cycles. so you need to have an oil mix to go with it based on a ratio. Mm-hmm. Just like you would your weed eater or a chainsaw or anything like that.
4: Now are you using just regular garden equipment oil or is it uh, marine oil? Uh,
2: i don't I don't like the marine oil, marine oil thing. There's a lot of guys that do. I run, uh, it's a, a cart racing oil. It's a red line two T amazingly clean. It's, you need to run a full synthetic when you run a gasser anyway, just because like any kind of conventional is going to leave soot and a uh, carbon buildup mm-hmm. and that carbon buildup is actually destructive to your engine. Uh, the thing used to be, okay, do your break in on like seeing ashless oil a conventional and, uh, break you know, to get your engine to break in faster because it has less lubricating abilities, it's synthetic, so it would break in. But what's really happening is if you think of how a piston runs in a cylinder, you have a ring that's, you know, kind of taken up the, uh, the difference so the piston isn't, the, you know, it's slightly smaller than the cylinder. Well, that carbon can get down between the cylinder and the piston and it, you know, collects on that ring and then as that ring compresses in and out through heat and through running, All those little carbon, you know, particles are just getting ground into the side of your cylinder, wearing your cylinder down. Right. When you run full synthetic, you don't typically end up with that. I mean, I have seen a lot of full synthetics, um, that people have run that their, their, their plug is just, just black as soot still. And I haven't like tried those brands to see if it's a, a mixture thing, just somebody going with a certain ratio and it's just too much. Uh, I haven't tried that out myself. Because I started with this Redline two T oil, and it was clean from the get go, running you know twenty four to one ratio, and I still had a perfectly clean plug and and not running lean at all. Is that the
3: ratio you run all the time? Twenty
2: four? Uh, no, I went to thirty two on this last tank to kind of okay. see <clears throat> see where it's at. I, I like it. I, it seemed like it was. It, I I had more power at the twenty four for some reason, but. I, yeah. I have to run another tank to to kind of verify that because it may have been the fact that it was coming from winter to spring, so you know Air temperature. Changing, so yeah, I need. To, I run
3: I run thirty two uh, on mine just because it's always worked. So
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know I'm, I, you know my plugs clean. I still feel like I have plenty of power. So I I just looked at it. You know that's more oil I can you know save too. The oil I buy is only I think it's like twelve bucks for a, a sixteen ounce uh, bottle and what is it uh i want to say it's four ounces maybe on a uh, 32 to one i'd have to double check it yeah. i think that was like four ounces so that's like four gallons you can get out of one bottle it's like four and, seasons yeah yeah <laughs> I, pumped, I, pumped through, I pumped through four gallons on my that, that morpheus gasser i had i pumped uh through the four gallons from i think i got it going in february and the beginning part of february and when i had to leave to come down to uh to the, the the military training here, I was on my fourth gallon at that point in time. But that oh, was like, getting home from work every day and cranking out tanks. So, mm-hmm.
3: wow! Have you tried the Coleman fuel yet?
2: I have not, and I mean, I guess it's something I could do, but like, I, I like what I'm running, so like, yeah, I want to try it or just keep running what I what I like and what's working.
3: That's I haven't run the Coleman either, but they say it's pretty much the same, the same mixture. The Everything you, know, you don't have to tune it any different. Um, I could be wrong on that one, but but I think the advantage is you can store it inside your house at that point. Yeah. yeah. Like right now, mine sits in the garage because you know it smells so bad. So
2: all you gotta do is run all the gas out of it, and then you don't have that problem.
3: Yeah, mine. Mine still <laughs> smells though. Mine still. I don't know why. Mine. I could put it. Well, the problem is mine sits in the dining room, so that's um. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. The the ex dining room. Ex yeah. dining.
3: That's a good word. Yeah. I like that. Um, now it's the garage. Yeah, uh, so.
2: you know, with Coleman fuel though, I believe it's actually only rated at like 55 octane. From what I thought I read on some of the form, uh, forums, I'm and may, maybe I'm not correct on that, but I'm pretty sure that I read it's lower octane than say what you buy at the pump, obviously. And I don't know how much of an effect that would have. I mean, octane is ultimately anti-knock capability. That's what the yep. rating is. You know, its, it's ability to resist knock. Mm-hmm. The higher number is. You know it, it resists more knock from detonation or whatever you know Right. It just means it atomizes better in the in the uh, cylinder to create combustion but right right you know we, we mentioned briefly on the uh, the marine oil, I know a lot of guys like a lot of a lot of big names like the stuff. My thing's always been all right it's a marine oil marine two cycle stuff it is water cooled <laughs> mm-hmm so the oil may be designed to not you know not run as cool as itself because it's it's got an alternate form of cooling. I don't have any sure. facts on it, but that's just my thoughts. That's what I would tell somebody if if you know they were asking about running it. You know, that's what I'll say my thoughts are.
4: Yeah I never I never connected the two. I was always wondering why there was a difference in the two oils so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah
2: I mean in oils uh, and a lot of people say oh and oil's an oil but it's it's really not there I mean they're blended for specific things. Um, and, and then the, the level at with which they're blended, uh, I spent quite a few years as a diesel mechanic and I had to go through a lot of, uh, you know, whatever those little training things are where these manufacturers come and talk to you and, uh, mobile oil came and put on a big, big thing showing how, uh, down at the molecular level, you can have, uh, different size molecules in the same batch. And so if, say, you've got a bunch of uneven, unevenly sized molecules trying to lubricate the same area, it's going to allow more blow by because the bigger molecules are going to, say, hold your ring away from the uh, cylinder. And then the stuff of the smaller particles is going to, you know, go down through your engine or be burnt or go as excess. And this. so to get a good, even lubrication, you know, it takes like whatever they do to, to make all the molecules like the same size, however they do it. It takes a, a certain blending of the oils uh, based on, on what, you know, like your temperature, of course, and and what application you're running or temperature range you want, you know. But apparently, there's a lot more to oil than just the
4: fact that it comes out of the ground. That's like that's what I've learned. So far <laughs>
5: right. <in life>. Right.
4: <laughs> yeah. If, if if oil was just oil, then why is there such a long aisle of it at the store? Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's probably
4: just one machine putting different labels on. It. Oh, this one's red. I'm going it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. Um. So, what would you say are the benefits of gas over <laughs> anything else? The cool factor. Cool factor? Cool <laughs>
2: factor. Flight time. like okay. Or especially, I mean, if you run a Spartan and it's going to take you two days to tune, it's really helpful to have <laughs>
4: something that'll run for two straight days. <laughs> <Run for> days. <laughs> two days. So, wait. On, so on let's, one talk tank.
1: About, let's talk <laughs> about the flight time. You know, what size tank and, like, how much, you know, how much flight time do you actually get?
2: Uh, well, on… On mine, well, not the blackout. I can't can't quote on that one yet. But the Morpheus, which mm-hmm. is similar, just heavier. Um, yeah. I had a 16 ounce tank in to start, and I was running like 25 minutes at like a uh, 1850 to 1900 head speed. So like 25 minutes to drain that tank well, it took forever.
1: <laughs> How do you wow. stay focused for 25 minutes, <laughs> like Ali? Yeah. Well.
2: Cause of, if I go anywhere else and do anything else, people bother me and ask me questions like kids and my wife, you know, you know, they kinda <laughs> if I'm out there flying, they sometimes leave me alone, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. No, but I mean like how do you concentrate for twenty five minutes flying an Heli? I after oh. like six five even in the nitros, I'm like, you could get an eight minute flight. I'm like, Yeah, after like six minutes, I'm kinda done. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, like, usually the first 15 is me trying to figure out how to fly again because it's so long in between flights for me most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, which way does this go? But I don't know. I just, I kind of zone out and just, like, just look at it. It's, like, kind of like your time to 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 get away from things. And I'm used to being focused with stuff. Uh, Like, my military job is uh, bomb disposal, and so I do a lot of stuff, like, through a Damn. robot.
0: Yeah, you probably want to stay focused with that. Yeah, yeah, ADD
1: is probably not a- yeah. For the most part, yeah, it helps yeah, you pay those, attention. Things don't <clears throat> go too quick. Those robots. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it's like trying to mess with the robots, like you're you're just constantly like moving stuff slowly, or you're trying to look through a camera that's like really really poor, you know. And it's it's just hard to hard to take stuff up. So you just kind of get used to to being focused on on the task. And I guess I kind of look at the flying as a task, maybe. Hmm.
3: But you know it's cool. I notice with my caster, it's more therapeutic flying than
5: mm-hmm.
3: you know. Like, like I said, when you get, I get mine up. Like I said, it's uh, I'm I'm getting probably f- twelve minutes on my Goblin. Um, but that's at twenty two hundred. So I mean, that's I'm really you know beating on it at that head speed. But um, yeah. it's fun. I mean, it's so powerful. So, but like I said, I lower down about nineteen hundred, and you can just fly that thing. Like I said, when you fly your electric for your three four minutes. You know, every time you land, like, man, I wish I had some more time. But, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you said, Steve, you, you fly this thing after about six minutes. I'm like, I have no idea what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not bored. That was the first couple of flights. And then now I, now I enjoy it. It's my favorite helicopter. And, um, it's just therapeutic, man. You do big air. That's what I like about the gaster. It forces you to do big air, smooth transitions. It's not a smack. I mean, mine, it is, you can do it, but you know, it's definitely not a smack, like not a Kyle Stacy helicopter. You know, I'd like to see him try it, but, um, you know, it's more of like a, just a big floaty, have fun, put the thing up in the air, you just relax and you just fly. You know, yeah, uh, it's
2: fun. Well, the the blackout itself is that they're going for like his his idea is to uh, have one that that is capable of a level of smack, not just like being stuck at big air or sport. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have watched the videos on like on to the, the blackoutmods.com uh-huh. and and looked at his video, but uh, he really some some really fast tiktoks i thought i mean it was elevator tiktoks and he didn't have like it, the video wasn't like real zoomed in but you could see a lot of movement with very little bog it sounded and that, that's that's kind of what they're going with hmm. i mean it'll probably take a better pilot than me to really show that but just being able to do to have the ability if you want to do like you know a fast fast maneuver or or anything like uh, i was doing like Spiro flips in the in the, the morpheus and i mean it was coming around and flipping like real nice you know without bogging it and Whatnot, and I like that. And it's it's a fourteen pound helicopter. And this one I'm looking at wow. being in the eleven a half, eleven and a half to twelve, maybe, which wow. is a big difference when you get get into you know that size. You know, a
4: couple yeah. extra pounds can make a difference. You know. Well, well, on that topic, um, have you crashed one yet?
2: Uh, like crashes and plowed it into the ground?
4: No, <laughs> I have not plowed that one into the ground yet. Because uh, my question is, is you know, I mean, does a does a gas helicopter crash differently is there different things to consider in a crash that you have to look for than a nitro or uh well one
2: thing that i did find uh even with uh i was i was having a, uh, a gyro issue and like my tail would just suddenly just say i'm done for whatever reason and then uh, you know you'd lose the tail and so i would auto down and there was a couple of times i was in a like a weird spot and had to auto funny, and just having a slightly hard auto usually breaks skids because you got all that extra weight yeah if you're- uh-huh ox kids or landing gear right now i've, I've noticed right. like that's uh as far as like like piling them in uh you definitely you'd be looking at uh like say like a clutch shaft or whatnot so you get a lot of momentum going on it so you would probably need to pull your clutch for sure to make sure your run out still good like check your cylinder whatnot because you know you start bending bending that and then you're going to have a, a lot of problems i mean that's putting it in hard to do that but it's possible there's only four bolts that hold them on you know? so but you definitely need to look in your your engine because that's where a lot of your weights carried so everything kind of centered around that
4: everything else would be typical typical
2: helicopter damage you know you might break more frames or something
4: you, you said you're having trouble with the jarver what are you doing to isolate it from vibration because you said the uh the gasoline is a higher vibration engine not, and and gyros don't like vibration so what are you doing to help isolate it
2: well with the the spartan like um with that particular issue, it, it, it turned to be turned out to be a heat issue, not a uh, vibration. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I was worried about the vibration thing. I was like, because it was about the same time every time. I was like, oh, I get about three minutes, and then my tail will get real soft, like like it's not wanting to stop. And the next thing you know, it's like you're flying with no tail gyro. It's like you give a little movement, and there's no counter. You have to counter it yourself. So I tried, like, more tape. I tried a different type of tape. I tried uh, actually – like insulating my mounts different, like how the uh, how the plates on the like the receiver plates and the electronics mm-hmm. tray and stuff. I tried doing more work there. None of it made a difference on that particular one, but but it is what you need to consider. A good one though, like with the, a good tuned engine, even that little bit of vibration, they usually handle it well. Like I, I flew, I had a the very first gasser I had. It had a, a V bar blue line on it, and it handled it very well. And then I tried a, a VX-1E on it, and it, it didn't like it at all. But it was an untuned engine, like a, the, the, the Poo style, which doesn't have like a big flywheel or whatnot. And I ended up with like a couple layers of tape and then a plate and then a different piece of foam before I could finally get it to hold. But but it all comes down to if you have a, a somewhat balanced engine, then then you, know, you won't have those issues. Uh, I don't know. I, I know V-Bar it has a vibration uh, log on it as well as uh, Spartan, like you can actually see a, a live view of it. It's not really a log per se, but but you can actually see if it's spiking really bad. The only issue is most of the time you're checking that at idle, and they're not balanced to, to run smooth at idle. But right. you'll see them when you take off. Like say mine will idle on my tail fin, you'll see like that blur because it's vibrating. But yeah. as soon as I get up to clutch engagement speed around, uh, it's about 6,500 uh, engine speed, then it's
4: just, it, it just stops and it's smoothed. And and if you said that I missed it, what did you do for your heat isolation? I had to relocate my gyro.
2: Like, oh, okay. I have the the VX one, you know, has a remote sensor, so I actually moved it to the back. And I was running a I I uh, modified a speed fuse to go on my last one, and and it didn't really cross my mind that hell yeah the the, the gyro plate's like right above the engine. And then I'm putting a speed fuse that pretty much seals off yeah. outside air. So anything coming in was still not really going out. And mm-hmm. it was definitely causing an issue. so I moved it to the rear on that one, and it, it solved that problem completely. I never saw it again. But awesome, cool. But yeah, and I was like sitting the like the the unit itself when I would check it with the gun. It was like at 150. I couldn't find a spec on the Spartan, but I uh, but uh, Robert Monte again, who was helping me with this, he uh, he runs the the CGY 750, and he says mm-hmm. their range is like in the 115 to 120. So I would imagine. It's pretty much a similar unit, honestly, I think, between the two. I figured I'd bet you it's it's probably in that same range, and that's why I'm seeing this issue. But it's something to consider, too, with placement, like we were talking earlier with gassers, where you place stuff so like heat's not going to you know get on it and cause issues.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. You were talking about vibrations. I don't know if y'all have seen Doug Darby makes a mount for the goblins. I don't know if he makes them for anything else, but um, a 3D-printed mount that actually sets the my you know the fly bar unit which is the v-bar off of that plate i don't know if you guys know the goblin says that rear little yeah. three little stands and it sits on top of there apparently okay. those three little stands are vibration like magnifiers it just creates huh. tons of vibration so mm-hmm. he was um jamie was saying about the v-bar having the um analyzer uh we looked we pulled the numbers did a couple flights i mounted this plate on it's about 25 bucks he sells it or gas powered helicopter sells it mounts up three bolts Takes that whole plate off of there, or the original plate, and uh, my vibrations dropped in half. Like completely awesome. different flying machine with a, with getting rid of vibrations. So it's like you said, Jamie said they definitely do not like vibrations. <laughs> the gas power, All these right. gas motors like to put them out.
2: Uh, yeah, like the the current one I'm running, it, it the the last one had like slots that your your plates would slide into the frames, and I really thought that was a bad idea from the get go. The 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 blackout. It utilizes a very simple process that TDR uses, where you have your cross mounts, and then you have a rubber insulator, and then you strap your plates down to the uh, the cross uh, crossbars, and so it sits right on that rubber, so it's actually insulated from the frame through just the rubber. So your plate oh, cool. itself is insulated. On top of you know, then you're going to put like gyro tape. Tape itself.
3: That's or cool. 3M. Yeah.
2: And I just I typically just go with with two pieces of 3M on on the gasser, and I've been very lucky with it. And I've done it with one, but you could it just you could feel more in it. So I just went with the two. But I think any more than that, and then you'll start getting inducing too much because then it'll it'll allow the whole thing to move
3: more. to move around a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, again with the with the heat thing, you know, if you're if your gyro's sitting over a good heat source and you've got tape, well. It may feel good when you're sitting there cold on the bench, but after it warms up, it's going to get gummy and it's going to move. And allow lot more movement on the on the unit itself. So
1: with the electronics, um, is there anything different that you need to get or need to set up? Is, you know, with nitro you have your remote glow, and then you need a starter. Um, I'm not sure how engines. You know, like I, I think a lot of gas parts I've seen they they're actually pull start, right? Like like a weed whacker, a lawnmower.
2: Yeah, uh, they, how a
1: admission system work? Uh,
2: you can also get them with uh, <clears throat> a a uh, the top start, but that requires running a non Zenoa clutch. Zenoa doesn't have a uh, like a one way bearing that connects, you know, like a, a shaft mm-hmm. that will go down to a one way bearing, like say a nitro. It doesn't mm-hmm. have that. It's got a completely different clutch design, so you can't crank it that way. So if you're going to do a gasser, and it offers the option of like say the links or T Rex clutch, or depending on whichever model. Uh, uh, like when they come out with them, you know, synergy how theirs would work, whatnot. Depending on that, would determine what you use for a starter. Anyway, I think Goblin. You have. Well, I, I'm. I thought they had a a start system for the Goblin, but I'm not sure. Hey, Chris, do you do you have a Zenoa clutch, or do you have a? Uh, yeah,
3: no, I have the the, I run all the factory clutch in mine, but the um, like the Goblin, you know, the setup that came with the conversion. But my starter shaft has a one way bearing in it on my starter.
2: Okay. Yeah. Also.
3: So right now my helicopter has the the gasser has one or doesn't have one, but the um my nitros have one. Shot. So so in the okay. starter shaft itself has a one way bearing. So it's I'm kind of covered on both <laughs> on all my helicopters, but um, yeah. But yeah, that, I mean that's the easy way for me. I mean I know the starter shaft was a hundred bucks, but
2: you know. <laughs> right. It is what it is at that point. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I personally like the pull start. Like I can you you can actually like not have them bolted up, just hold them in place and then crank them after they're broke in because then they're they're a lot looser once they broke in to pull. Uh, I just Mm -hmm. I don't like that thought, though, because in the event that I ever get some weird glitch that bumps my throttle up and I get a a hot start on one of them, I want to be holding the blade. And you have to hold the pull starter in place if you're going to do it that way. So Uh,
1: I see. right?
2: I don't do it that way. And I also like the fact that with a pull starter, that's one less piece of equipment that I need to take down range with. You know, I can... And walk the heli ride out there. Mine always yeah. start in about two poles. Um, like gas tank wise, I don't use an electric pump because that's just one more thing I got to charge a battery for. You know, I've got a hand crank pump. It takes like three seconds to fill the tank with a hand crank, you know, mm-hmm. so like that's just so much. Like I can charge my batteries and just take the helicopter and my gas tank to the field and and fly without having all kinds of stuff, you know.
3: Sure. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to see someone's first time they've seen a gasser start up because they start so easy. Yeah, I mean, like my once you get it tuned and everything like that. I mean, I touch my starter. You know, my nitro. All the guys that get out there and they're like, "Oh, great, it's me." Ten minutes for your nitro starts. You know, yeah. you know Steve. Steve's <laughs> went through this. I've seen it, the videos of it, but you know, no, it doesn't mm-hmm. start. Doesn't start. You hit the gas or literally one tap. It's bam, and that thing's going. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool to see everybody they feel like, "Wow, that thing starts easy." You know, everybody thinks mm-hmm. it's going to be the opposite, but it um, <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they all have we the cheap weeders at home that you can't get to start.
3: I need to run my starter to them. I'm going to figure out how to yeah. do that.
4: <laughs> oh, that would be awesome.
2: <laughs> or replace the carburetor because that's typically the issue with them. Yeah. Uh, like The fuel system on these, uh, it's actually uh, it's not pressurized like, um, like say, you know how nitro is where it runs pressure to the tank from the pipe. Mm-hmm. The gas power, there's actually – it's a pump system that works off the uh, piston. There's a port that comes from from the cylinder going through to your carburetor. And as the piston, you know, comes up past that port, like, to create compression, it's actually pulling fuel. And then when it goes back, it pushes. Well, what that's doing is moving this little diaphragm that's inside the carburetor, and it's creating that, that little diaphragm moving back and forth, creating a suction on that line. So when you don't have, uh, when you get a bad diaphragm or you get, you know, crud in it, then they don't really want to start. You know, that, well, the guys that sit there and they fight him and fight him and fight them. It's either there's something with that diaphragm. A lot of times they put that gasket in backwards because where that hole's at, it's gotta gotta line up. A lot of times it can be a float issue too. I mean, there's there's a hundred things it can be, but but a lot of times it's just the fact that you know the diaphragm's going bad and you're not creating any pressure. Like when you get a nitro that doesn't want to start, the first thing you do is you, you plug the uh, plug the exhaust and crank it right to build up that pressure, push it in the tank, get it going. Yep. If you don't have a good pump, then that's that's kind of where you're at. Another issue that. I guess should be addressed and get out to the guys is that, you know, our fuel now all has ethanol in it. Mm-hmm. Small engines, or any gas engine, actually hate ethanol. Ethanol is really terrible for the carburetors uh, just because um, of... It, it, it leaves these small particles, and those small particles plug these little ports, and over time, especially after they sit when it dries, they'll start plugging these ports, and so they need to be cleaned out a little bit, you know, but... Uh, that's like after the end of the season, you know, you know, take it apart and, you know, spray it with some carb cleaner, clean that crud out, you know, put it back together, usually fine. But, but yeah, it's, it's notorious on any, any small engine, even if you're getting into uh, lawnmowers or weed eaters or even portable generators and stuff, the, like the ethanol buildup in, in, in the carburetors really causes a lot of issues for uh, small engines.
3: Yeah. I recommend everybody to run, like I said, the same, I was going to tell you the same thing. I run ethanol free in mine just because of, if you look at like, you are saying weed whackers. Most of the time your problem is your fuel line is completely melted away and it's gone and it's, you know,
5: mm-hmm.
3: on, the, on the yard stuff. But it just, like I said, ethanol just eats everything it can. It's not meant for, you know, carburetors. So I actually have a 1932 Ford with old school Holly carburetors on it. And if I run ethanol on that, they'll literally have maybe two weeks and they'll just, all the seals will just like turn to nothing. It's so yeah. I have to rebuild those things all the time.
0: Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: And you know it's really hard to find uh, like ethanol-free gas in some places anymore. Yeah. You have to go to a racetrack and and buy like the hundred octane race fuel to get it. Which even then you might pay you know what eight bucks a gallon for it. So eight bucks for a gallon versus thirty two of nitro. You're still saving money if you go that route. So I know oh, yeah,
3: you could go. I mean, I'm in you know in South Carolina. We have it's called Sphinx. Um, I don't know if they're na- national or not, but they have um, every one of their gas stations has one pump that's not ethanol so it's pretty cool and i think exxon has a couple of them now too yeah you you usually find one pump it's a really small sign and you got to go find it but it's um a lot of them are out there
4: we're lucky down here several the a lot of your mom and pop type places have it and uh one of our sunocos has it
1: nice so tuning how do you tune a gas power compared to like you know a gas engine compared to a nitro engine do you guys have like a high low needle and all that stuff
2: Yes, there, there is a high and low needle, and I believe like a gasser is like, way easier to tune than a nitro any day of the week. Um, yes. I do get a lot of people that uh, they, they send me questions like, hey, what needle do I adjust here? What needle I adjust there? And it, and it sounds like they're just trying to like tune the crap out of it. And It really takes very little. You can set your carburetor to the stock specs and then, like say, run it at idle. Listen to it. There's a, a sound called four cycling. I don't know how to explain it on the, on uh, you know, on the air or anything without you know show it, but it's uh, it's just obviously running weird. <laughs> it's like it's like a pop,
3: gurgling, pop, you yeah, know? gurgling pop,
2: yeah, yeah, gurgling pop, yeah, yeah. And uh, like I always recommend, the first thing is, you know, you've got it at idle. If you have a decent idle, like in an RPM range that that doesn't sound mm-hmm. like it's you know going nuts then just work your work your low down a little bit and then you have to wait just a second kind of let it stabilize i usually just you know pump the throttle a few times just slightly let it clear out and you, you get it to a point where it's just barely doing that you'll never stop it completely but you get it to the point where it's just barely doing that then you know your low is okay and then with your high the high the only way to really tune that is to do climb outs and uh, and listen you know i really like the GV1 just because uh, it logs your max rpm that it achieves mm-hmm. so you kind of keep doing that so you just you know you do a climb out and say okay I'm only hitting 20 or 2,000 right now and I want 2100 you know you know first if my throttle curve set up correct for it second is you know okay I'll just I'll lean it a 16th of a turn very small you know just just a little bit it doesn't take much and then do it again and then keep doing that. And as long as it's continuously rising, every time you come down, you're on the right track. The moment that it doesn't, uh, doesn't climb anymore, then, you know, you're kind of at that point. And so then you can back it off and that's pretty much where you just need to stay. You're not going to find like this, this, like just super sweet spot that's just, this is the only place it's going to run. It's just, I I don't think a gasser is ever necessary to be, be that perfect is you're just not going to get it. But, uh, But it's, it's very simple. And most of the time I've found on mine, I get, uh, I'll start with my low needle, uh, on my carburetor, the 990. Um, I'll start with my low needle at one and a, one and an eighth. And then I'm usually down to about one turn out. And that's, that's right on spot and start at one and a half of my high and usually about another eighth of a turn. And it's, it's in a very good range where it's not rich. It's not lean and it's just, it's doing its thing. Uh, it really takes very little
4: tuning. And it takes a lot of temperature change to even really want to mess with it at that point. Yeah, that, in time. that was going to be my next question: Are they as susceptible to temperature changes? Nitro,
2: um, I wouldn't call it temperature change so much as actual uh, like barometric pressure, and you know how altitude can affect things. Well, sure. also yeah. like if you get like a, a real humid day, or you know, like you know, your barometric pressure is just different based on you know like high low pressure cells in the area, like an altitude that, density issue. Yeah, and But it's usually, I mean honestly a lot of times it's like unless you're doing competition flight it's, which I don't know any gassers that are doing that right now. I was like, it's usually not worth messing with because you get that one day that okay, it's overcast and kind of muggy today. Well then tomorrow it might be nice again. So you're you're just playing with your needles all the time and you just really don't need to do that. I don't think anyway, you know. It's like, unless you're like really bogging out on, you know, like a maneuver you want to do that day, then maybe do it. But But it seems to me that a lot of people believe that, oh, a gas is just going to be so terrible to tune. And they're just really not. You know, just a couple of turns lean from stock is usually, after they broke in, usually a good spot. You know, like 20, 30 RPMs. If you're trying to to get that extra 20 RPMs, then I guess you can go for it. But it's a lot of extra work to find that. and You risk going lean at that point. so.
1: So do gassers run a governor? Like, I mean, because wouldn't that hold the head speed that you want?
2: Uh, well, yeah, it will, but based on you know, uh, I mean, obviously, if you're gonna over, if you overload, you know, put too much load on it, then it's it's gonna try to hold it. It just won't, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah. Say, I, um, like I run the GB1 just because my my last setup didn't really allow for me to run the uh, the spectrum or you know, the yeah, the regular Spartan sensor. sensor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I run a stator gator which actually picks up right off of the ignition pulse. Now it's, it's old outdated stuff, honestly, but I think it's still a very effective unit. Uh, mm-hmm. it does create a lot more wiring issues just because you have to, you have to wire it to other lines. <laughs> it's kind of a pain trying to find places. For them. But, uh, but yeah, like you, you can set a governor just like anything else. I think, uh, you can run a stator gator with a V bar and still have the V bar gov Spartan. You have to run a digital signal, um, uh, rpm sensor I think there's another one uh, I don't I want to say it was spirit but I may I may be wrong on that but I think there was another one that you could run the standard gear but with like the blackout setup they have a nice mount they've made uh Kerry Shirley actually has a mount on his as well that that uh, locates the uh the rpm sensor in a, a nice convenient little place that you know an rpm sensor that'll work with all units and then you basically just you, you, you kind of tune it like, like set them where, or you'd like, like anything else. Like, one thing with a gasser is the throttle setup is different than a nitro. You can't just do the, uh, 0, 50, 100, like, like trying to find mid, mid stick on your, uh, on your nitro, how you'll set up and you got the dots and you set up in the center, then you find your high, you find your low, and you set that up based on like getting your 0, 50, and 100. You can't do that on a gasser. If you try doing that, you're gonna have like, it's going to rev up really fast Uh, just at a, at like say a quarter stick, you might be already at like half throttle just by the way a carburetor works. So there's a, a method called the Mallory method. That's, that's used a lot. And it ultimately has like, instead of having like your, your throttle servo at a, at 90 to 90 degrees on the the throttle, you'll have your throttle servo pointed down the, uh, the throttle linkage to the low throttle position on your uh, on your carburetor, and you'll work your high and lows there. You might have to adjust your rod length so you can get your uh, your ATV and stuff even. But that changes the curve uh, per se. So so like say when you're bringing it up, and, and this is if you're ungoverned. If you're ungoverned. Like you won't set like your 0, 25, 50. You'll have what they call a plateau curve. So you'll come up to that like just slightly above where it's engaging your, your throttle, and then it will like level out, and then it'll shoot up. It'll be really fast at the end uh, where your higher throttle is. That's where you'll have like a a really fast amount of movement. It'll move between the two points really quickly. But as far as like spooling up, you'll have like a a broader curve at the lower side. So it spools up, your clutch engages at an RPM. And then once you're engaged and then you're getting into where you're going between where the, the, the low needle port allows fuel in and the high needle port is actually taking over per se. I mean, all, all the ports let fuel at all times, uh, or anything above quarter stick. You know, low side still working, and that's a factor in tuning too. You may have to tweak your low a little when you're doing that. But, but yeah, setting up your curve.
3: I called that like I do not not to cut you off. But I called we. I do that. I explained to you. It's like a mechanical expo, basically.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, um,
3: exactly. It's yeah. That Mallory is just, you know, it gives you real mid stick. It's kind of slow, and then right at the end, it really, really fast. You know, it's to control that wide open. You know, curve right there.
2: Right. And that's really for setting your endpoints. Like you kinda yeah. what I found with the G V one, once you do that, uh like when you go to a governed throttle, then you kinda want to go to what your flyballist wants to see. But to be able to get the proper endpoints, you you need to do it ungoverned at first, with like like what I said, the Mallory method where it's uh pointed down the down the throttle rod and then um uh, and then finding where it kind of comes up and flows and then that way you've got like say your even endpoints instead of having like like your low side, you might have like 60 and you'd be at like a hundred, you know, for your endpoint on your high. You don't want that. You want to even them out. So it's kind of a balancing act to find it. Then once you do, then you can put your governor at the, uh, like say with the, the GB one, once I got that set, I went back to the, uh, 150, 100 for, for idle ups. So,
5: mm-hmm.
2: so it has a linear flow to it. Otherwise you kind of confuse it if you keep like a, like a, a plateau curve or, or something in there. So.
1: So let's hear about your your team pilot your the blackout um, mods, the blackout frame. Like, I'm curious about that. Um, so originally that's for a T Rex Seven Hundred Nitro, right?
2: Correct. Um, it uses um, the T Rex Seven Hundred setup. Um, there's some of it's changed like, uh, and there'll, there'll be some slight modifications coming to it uh, mm-hmm. just to try to try to keep up with some different things that come out but it's a a direct to swash servo setup Mm -hmm. the uh the elevator actually sits at like a 45 back behind the swash plate but it's still direct to swash and you know set up to run run evenly it uses a couple of different or uses a couple different align components like like say for the anti-rotation bracket it takes a uh the frame mounting blocks from a t-rex 600 so you get a a bag of those, which, hmm. and I don't remember the cost of them, but he uses some of these other components that T-Rex or Align makes to, um, to fill in stuff on the frame. Like as far as how you get your cross pieces and whatnot, it right. uh, uses, uh, like the one thing that's really cool about the blackout is like the clutch design is he machines the clutch bell and the shaft as one piece. So, it's not like having a start shaft that goes down through or a bolt-on yeah. pinion like the Morphus used. It's one solid piece. And the pinion is on that shaft the same way you would you would put a pinion on an electric motor. It's got a set screw and a flat to, to lock it uh-huh. on, it, uh-huh. which I really like that. I did have issues in the Morphus where I was constantly getting run-out issues because it used uh, an HPI Baja clutch, the Vertigo clutch.
1: Okay, with yeah.
2: Yeah, it used that with the uh, the third bearing block of of a aligned main shaft and the tolerance just wasn't wasn't exact between all of them so you could get some slop there and I had tried doing the whole uh you know you, you use a bearing retainer or something on there but if if you don't like shim the, the pinion that that guy made there properly then you kind of it, it kind of wears out and wobbles and so you end up with run out uh, the setup that they've done on blackout has pretty much alleviated that as being an issue for one he machines them to fit on the uh the uh, the aligned bearings or you know whatever part numbers they call the aligned bearings like but the main shaft bearing and then it's got a snap ring that locks it in place and keeps it snug and then it uses the upper clutch bearings or start shaft bearings like a uh, align nitro the 700 nitro does the black one's got like the three bearings in it yeah, one for the start shaft, and then the two for the support. It uses that setup as well. So you can basically take if you have a T Rex seven hundred Nitro, you can take that, and then you buy like a couple other components from like a six hundred and another bearing block, and then you've got you've got your stuff to to set up to convert oh. it to gas, of course.
4: Oh,
2: wow, um, this this kit is all carbon fiber. Um, oh. Everything on it. the uh, The motor mount plate is a uh, four millimeter uh chunk of carbon fiber really stout then the rest is two or two and a half i'd have to check out i want to say it's two and a half it's pretty thick it's actually pretty pretty stout and it's got like extra braces put on there Yeah, i bolted it together and i was really surprised at how light it was and you know how how sturdy the thing was i won't know about crashing until the inevitable happens to see how it holds (laughs) up So that's all we can, all we can do. But I mean, you put a helicopter in, they all have carbon fiber frames. You know, if you break a frame, you break a frame. It's just part of Aye. the, part of the deal, you know, Yep. but I mean, he, he definitely designed it well. It even looks good without a canopy, like the way he's set up is yeah. he, he incorporated areas for, uh, like retaining your wires, like actually has slots cut so you can like run zip ties or dental floss, whatever you use to tie down, there's actually places that you can, you know, tie your wires to instead of trying to just stick it in any corner you want, you know. <laughs> right, right. That's cool. You can't rely on stuff like that. You know, like some thought went into it. And and he's constantly evolving this stuff. Uh you know, he's looking at, okay, yeah, he he's built this and it's finally kind of coming to where it's out. And of course the you know, line is gonna come out with three other models in the next six weeks, I'm sure. <laughs> they tend to make a new model <laughs> week. So but and and he keeps an eye on that. And he's even considering other brands. Uh, yeah, that's my yeah. question.
1: Yeah,
2: it's it's kind of be just what what is going to be popular enough that that people want to do it, and and an airframe that that would which uh, would support it. You know, like you just you want something that's that's going to have like. That you can buy the components from like the main ones, like your your drive, like uh like your gears or belt option, however. I I believe the Chris the the, the goblins belt, right? Clutch yeah. belt. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think actually I think Carrie was telling me that all of his are actually a clutch to belt setup. They are. Yeah. And I think it's better, honestly, in a gear thing. But you also, you know, a gear works well. It's just another part to fail. I mean, yeah, a belt can fail, but I, I think it makes them smoother. I mean, performance-wise, I don't—I don't think you'll see anything different as long as you're getting power to the uh, power to the main shaft. You're good, but I like the looks of belt stuff, and I'm thinking that's that's where a lot of the helicopters are going anyway. And so, I think that's probably a future thing for for the blackout, maybe something like that. Yeah, you
1: know. that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, cool. Uh, let's see. Do we? Does anyone else have any
0: questions?
4: No, my uh, my crash room was my big one. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> well, Jamie mentioned uh, pull start and electric start. Has anybody come up with a kick start <laughs> on there? <laughs> My It'll last one
2: didn't start very well, so yeah, I had a few kick starts on oh, it. Was it. <laughs> <a kick> start.
5: <laughs>
3: nice. They um they do have um a generator on some of them. I don't know if you've seen those before um
5: yes.
3: where you can actually it it sits up where the starter shaft would go in. Um, who makes that? When I'm trying to think of his name, okay. um. Yes, Raja, Yeah, you can
2: say um, his last name because I already messed up Frank, I'm not going to try yeah. to say Raja's. <laughs> Charge the <a> beat.
3: <laughs> yeah, that. I don't know. I just call him Raja. Um, it's pretty cool. A little generator, and what it does, is it charges your um, your RX pack. Oh, really? So you never take your battery off your helicopter. Like oh, he wow! Said, his, it's like having his, an
1: alternator. Nice.
3: It's it's an alternator. It's, it's a mini generator. It's all it's doing. It's um, yeah. So he, he said he never touches his battery in his helicopter for a season at a time. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's it's wow. cool. Yeah, it's neat-looking little – looks like a little – um, like a brushless – maybe like a, not a 380 motor, like a 300-size motor or something. It's just a you know, little mm-hmm. tiny thing set up there. It's pretty cool. But you have yeah. to have the pull – then you have to have the pull starter to do it. But on a gasser note, he's actually – I think uh, they're getting ready to release their new Whiplash gasser kit coming out here I think next yeah. couple of weeks. Um,
2: so June or July? That's what I heard. June yeah, July, supposed to be pretty February cool. I haven't June. seen.
3: I've seen pictures of it. Um, I haven't seen it yet. But supposedly there's one in route to the U.S. If it's not already been here, I'm pretty sure it's on route this week. They said so.
2: Yeah, I thought I heard that they kind of redesigned an engine for it to uh be more effective in there. I, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I thought I was hearing that they were, were doing yeah. that. Yeah,
3: there's rumor that there's a there's a bigger than a 300 motor hitting the market here pretty soon. So
2: I a haven't seen it. Year. 320 320. Kind of yeah, on the market. Yeah, yeah. But there comes a point in time, you know. When depending on its dimensions, which like a, a two seventy five and a three hundred are are the same size engines. It's just a matter of the cylinder, yeah. Uh, how much is bored out? If they make the actual engine itself bigger, then I can see a lot of issues with with trying to do gas mods because then you got to start widening stuff, and then you got to start making other components like you know yeah. your frame width or your frame width, you know. So then you got to make bigger bearing blocks or or anything. And so I, don't I would think. Like-
3: I'm running a 270 in mine, and that thing is powerful enough for me. So i I would I have not tried a 300 yet. You know, I've hopefully, try one maybe this weekend and see if there's if I can feel a difference. But um, I can't. And supposedly the 320 is like unbelievable more powerful than 300, like it's night and day difference.
2: Really? Uh, from yeah. the testers,
3: yes, yeah, I've heard it's supposed to be pretty cool. But I don't know if I need the power on a gasser. Like I said, you're unless someone you want to make a smack helicopter out of it. You know, it's got it's got enough power for me.
2: <laughs> the way it is oh, yeah. <clears throat> well if this blackouts going by the weekend and it's just a matter of me like finding a wiring setup that I like I mean I could get the wires just hooked up and tied away but I'm, I'm trying to make them look good too uh, that's my <laughs> biggest hang up when I build is I'll pull my hair out and go through three bags of zip ties just trying to figure out how to get my mm-hmm. wiring right but, right. but yeah, yeah hopefully I have it going for for this, uh, this weekend I was hoping to get out there tomorrow night but I, I ended up starting over on the wiring I was halfway done and I just pulled it all apart try it again while we started here tonight so hopefully I have it ready to go if not I'll at least have it out there for you guys to see
3: cool yeah we Definitely. can finish it we got. We can stay up all night and finish
2: that sucker that, that's kind of my <laughs> plan for now for tonight <laughs> to see but I'm also like really short on zip ties now so I'll have to, have to go to the demo walls <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> we we're,
5: <laughs> we're actually
3: yeah. doing a midnight build here tonight too me and me and my partner yeah. coming up we've both got 700 type T goblins trying to get ready in the air his is still ninety percent in the box, so that's Oh boy, really? He's coming here at about eleven and we're gonna try to get that thing ready for Virginia, so we'll see. Yeah. It works is it gonna
2: out. make it past the maiden? Like uh the, unlike uh I got um I can't boys. spoil it. I got I have
3: a video that's gonna be out for that. It's gonna be funny. He might not like it, but we're gonna do a video on it with my
0: yeah. <laughs> Should I bring oh, my motorcycle why. helmet to this event? Uh, it's gonna <laughs> be fun. Maiden. <laughs> that's oh, funny. No, man. I won't
3: spoil it, awesome. but there's going to be a Facebook live video actually today. If you guys see it, um, of, of, um, we'll reenact George's, um, maiden flight. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, no. The right way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the right way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: He exactly. can take it.
1: That's okay. He's laughing about it now. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess that's it for the main topic then.
0: Is, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing me how much more there is to this helicopter side of the hobby, man. I'm, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm still working on hurricanes, imperial flips, and stuff. There's all this crazy <laughs> other stuff, oh, man.
1: I do have a question about gas-powered helis. Um, so they don't produce smoke like nitros, do they?
2: They do some. I mean, it's, you're not going to get the constant well if you don't. If you're getting that much, you're way, way too rich. I <laughs> Say so yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, usually uh, you want to see a little though. You you really do. You know. Okay. I mean, it, there is an oil that is burning and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really not doing anything but burning. It's not really, you know, producing any power.
1: It's just... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I remember someone saying, like, oh, yeah, it's a gaster. It doesn't really smoke. And I was like, but that's the best part. <laughs> like, you know, like for my, for me flying a Nitro, I love seeing that long stream of white smoke. It's like... It, it's... it doesn't
2: smell anywhere near as good as Nitro, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, yeah? It, just, it just does not smell good.
1: I... Does it smell <laughs> it like, like, it like a car, or you know,
2: pretty much? Yeah, like a, like you're you've got a really you know really bad running weed eater, you know, when it's smoking real bad. That's uh-huh. what it smells like. Yeah, so
1: I gotta, I gotta yeah. check it out. I got I gotta fly one too, Chris. Let me fly your nitriding gasser. You
3: um, well, you saw what I what I posted up there. I'm kind of nervous now that I shouldn't have said that. I was. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm gonna get p- other people get more flights in the helicopters than me but um
1: yeah yeah
3: <laughs> as long yeah, as we do the gentleman handshake really. that if it destroys itself in the air then it's my fault if it destroys itself on the ground it's whoever's controlling its fault <laughs> i'm, about, I'm about yeah. gonna have to like get a written contract wait for wait, the wait, so you're up.
1: saying that if, if i were to fly it and yeah. if and you dump some the shit out of it. No, no, not dump from <laughs> it, but like I'm doing a move and for some reason the blades hit the tail boom. That's not my fault.
3: That would never be your fault. Why would that be your fault?
0: <laughs> oh, here we go. Stirring the pot.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, guys, yeah. it's been a good night. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Let's uh let's move on to news and announcements.
4: News.
0: And announcement. And- Oh, <laughs> now I'm late this week. Oh, poor Kevin. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's getting late. Kevin's not uh, on point. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not as sharp as I, uh, I am. Uh, I had to get up at four o'clock this morning, dude. I had to drive two hours. I'm driving like 120 miles to work. So, <clears> damn, uh, I had to get up early. I had to be down there at seven o'clock. And then, of course, the electrician's late. So I'm like, yeah, great. Thanks. Wow. So I have some news and, well, I have a, I have an announcement. Oh yeah, what do you got? I started working on a special project. I started cutting out my 6S vegan. <gasps> yes. Awesome. And I started taping it red. It's going to be red with like white lightning bolts on it or something. I don't know. Okay. You know, when I, nice. When I was, when I was a kid growing up in the seventies in the eighties, no. I used to watch a show called Battle of the Planets and it was some of the guys out there will know what I'm talking about. And what I didn't know at the time was that it was a japanese cartoon that was pretty violent and the united states kind of like ripped it apart and edited it and changed a lot of it uh-huh. uh to to get the violence out well i've later watched that it, whole you know? series yeah in japan it's called gotcha oh, and
5: yeah. uh
0: so I've, I've watched that whole series and it's really good uh you know but it's from like 72 but anyways
4: do they dub it or subtitle
0: they actually dubbed it awesome uh, okay because a fan of the show who was like myself grew up watching the American Bass that are watered version. down version. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I want to put this out to the fans all in, uh, in English, which was really cool. Oh, that's cool. But in the, in that show, they had a, uh, a red squadron that kind of, it kind of looks like the Vigan. It'd be really cool if somebody could design a, a jet around the, this, you know, artist or drawing interpretation of what a jet looks like. You know, it was kind of like futuristic. Uh, uh-huh. But I'll probably try to do like that design on it because it was red with like white lightning bolts. So <laughs> I'll see what I, I'll see if I can go back and get some stills and and do it.
4: That's when I'm googling while you're talking and I'm trying to pull up Red Squadron and pulled up Star Wars. So
1: yeah, I'm looking <clears throat> at Gotcha right now. <laughs> Images. Uh, and I don't see the ship, but okay. I I definitely remember the character though. I forget what. The, like yeah, because it
0: it wound up being the one guy's father who was. The guy, a red squadron or some shit. I don't know. Like, oh, red impulse. That's what it was. So, oh, okay. I see got it. Uh, red impulse.
4: Here's a, uh, they did. Oh, yeah. I of,
0: see uh, it. I see it. The, the yeah, red the, stripes. Yeah. I see
1: it. Yeah. I see it. Where you going with this. Yeah. I can see it. <clears throat> How about the other one? The, the, Gachimas. It's like the blue, white, and red. The,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be do that. cool. Cause Maybe that's I should almost
4: like, hey, hey. There is one that somebody did it on RC groups out a foam board.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I'll have
4: to check. Oh that no, out. it's it's a uh, Depron looking at it. Okay, nice. it's, it's titled Millennium Falcons, so that's not.
0: No, that's not it. That's not. <laughs> right. No,
4: it's it's the ship. It's definitely the ship. It just must be the thread. Someone else posted the picture.
1: Yeah, once I get my garage done, maybe I'll actually be able to have a workspace. I could cut out a plane again. I was like, I don't, I, I can't cut out a plane.
0: I haven't cut out a plane in, what, like a year, I think, man. And I was downstairs, (laughs) and I was just, like, laying the tape out. And I didn't do that great of a tape job because it's not, like, symmetrical or anything. I I taped the board first. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, screw it. When it's going by at 100 miles an hour, you're not going to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome.
1: All right. Is there any other news and announcements?
4: Real quick, I'll I'll throw something in. On Facebook today, I was uh, saw some some. Pictures people are posting of uh, screenshots. Apparently, Grayson Hobby, and I don't know if anyone else is affected, they're no longer going to be getting their Runcam 3s that they had previously ordered, the little cube-style ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, GoPro has squashed that because there's a supposedly a patent infringement on it, um, which I find interesting. Basically, it's a cube, and uh, mm-hmm. GoPro apparently won a uh, court case uh saying that there was there was enough similarity that, that you know they've banned them from being sold in the US. Wow.
0: So who who's got the outstanding patent on a cube? The Borg?
4: Well well what's what I, I, <laughs> If if Runcam has got to have the worst lawyers out there if they didn't say, Hey wait a second <laughs> It's a freaking cube. Look over here at the Polaroid Cube. Yeah. Yeah yeah which came out before the GoPro if someone wants to be complaining about a, a patent infringement Maybe Paul already be fighting with GoPro. It's it's a form factor. It's based on that. It's the guys are using it and it fits into the, the mounts that they have for their, their quadcopters or helmets or whatever. And so, yeah, everybody's gonna copy that, that form factor because there's generic third party mounts out there for it. But uh yeah, that's not a good sign for GoPro if they're being that petty. Um, you know, with the karma release and, and the issues they have with that and now this I was just gonna bring
0: that up. <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe they're still pissed that the Karmas were falling out of the sky.
4: Well, you yeah, know, it, it might be the, the death throes of GoPro. I mean, we might see the end of it. That was the go-to camera for so long. Um, yeah, know, true. Maybe it's it's used up its life cycle.
0: When you can get a Mobius for half the price and and get good footage with that, I mean, psh, I, don't well, know. Or, I, I yeah. couldn't see spending all the dough. And you know what was killing them was all those freaking add-ons. You'd buy a GoPro, and then you'd spend another 100 bucks with amount for this and amount for that, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's just way too expensive, I think. So, I don't know.
4: Well, yeah, when the camera starts out at 400 bucks, and, you know, it's yeah. like, what what is it doing for 400 bucks that my similar size, shape, and, and quality, you know, camera is doing for 100 or less? So, yeah. and I always thought it was kind of strange that GoPro spent so much time, you know, focusing on, like, skiers and stuff, and you never saw any advertisements for, for you know, drone use of them. I mean, and you know we had to be a large market, you know, for any of the RC hobby people.
1: Oh, sure. Sure, yeah. Good. It has to be a good chunk of their profit, you know, like their
4: market for sure. Six, eight years ago, I was mounting GoPros to 450, you know, helicopters, so. Mm-hmm.
1: They used to do that too. A lot of GoPros on the tail booms and stuff or just, yeah, on planes. In between the
4: skids or building building special mm-hmm. canopies to mount it. and
0: yeah. I mounted my iPod, an old iPad, to my hel- helicopter one time. Oh my god! <laughs> and oh, I, I remember- flew it up over my house, and it crashed. <laughs> it was hysterical. I got video somewhere.
4: Oh, oh boy. I, yeah, I remember everyone, you know, taping in in other mounting methods their uh, cell phones onto the <laughs> helicopters and airplanes, and then smashing them.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So, what's uh, next for you,
3: Nahabi? Next for me Nahabi, hobby. Well, when if everybody's listening to this, I'm at Spring Fling, so it's um that's going to be my next couple of days. So I'm there, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you guys come check us out and, um, come fly with us. You can fly my helicopters if you sign the written contract. Um, nice. <laughs> that's nice. it, man. I'm just flying. I'm spending the next four days just flying helicopters. That's it. Um, I don't you think I'm bringing way? any parts or any tools or anything like that. Um, just so it doesn't, I don't want to sit there and wrench, man. I just want to talk BS, have fun, hang out mm. and, um, you know, maybe drink a little bit of adult beverages and, do some night flying. I'm psyched about doing night flying. I'm not sure what helicopter to use yet. I got um I got some 700 night blades and tail blades, so it's either going to go on the gasser or on the logo. Um yeah, I was going to say
0: so, use a helicopter with lights on it for night flying, but that uh, would just be a suggestion.
3: Yeah, well, I have some LEDs, but they're um I usually just fly with the night with the blades, and they got spotlights out there, so you can you you can see them pretty good, believe it or not, when you're spotlight flying. So, um. But yeah, I'll put the blades in there just to make sure. But <laughs> cool, giveaway. Um, that's really it. So man, I'm gonna fly, so you guys can check us out. We are. Um, I know the Archie Heli Hangout's is gonna do a a ton of um raffles this week. Little small little raffles. Um, should be fun. We're gonna have some guests. some maybe superstar guests, maybe pulling some raffles at the spring fling for us. Uh, you guys might just have to check out and see.
0: Superstars. All right. Check, check so in our roll the Hangout. bingo wheel.
3: Uh we got some we got some big names gonna help us out this weekend. It's gonna be fun.
0: Nice.
4: Bigger names awesome. than
0: Fred
3: Provost? Bigger. <laughs> I don't see how that's possible.
4: I, I, I know I won't be there.
1: Oh. Uh, you just man. ruined the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who wants to go next? Fred. Sure, let Fred's me do too it. too busy typing.
4: <laughs> well, I'm typing in what I'm gonna say, so yeah, I guess I might as well just say it. Um I'm hoping that I can escape. Uh, I'm not going to make it to the spring fling thing, but uh, there is an event up at Hodges Hobbies in Georgia, about a three and a half hour drive from me. It's an tow event. Uh, I've never been to one, mm. and I think it'd be kind of cool. It's, it's Surprisingly, it's for an event I've never heard of or been to. It's a four-day event, so it's got to have wow. a bit of a following. So I went out and bought a new cell phone just so I could get some pictures that I can post and share because the other one... It, gotten damaged too many times and there was things behind the lens. Anyhow, um, so you know, I'm hoping to get out and hit some more of these local events and uh, have something to share with you guys. Definitely. You Go know, face the cool, with man. that. On you know, page. You know like, non-helicopter yeah. stuff if I can.
0: Sure, yeah. <laughs> We're not
1: biased. Yeah, <clears throat> not at all. Didn't you guys see my recent post? For someone who saw helicopters, I have two new plays <laughs> to build. I have two yeah. more planes to build.
4: Speaking of planes and and next for the hobby, it's not exactly next, but it's upcoming. I picked up a a crop duster, about a 40 size glow crop duster uh, balsa plane that I want to get built and converted to electric. And uh, I finally got a head tracking system working. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I want to put a head tracking system into a uh, scale crop duster and take it to a farm field and fly over it. I think that would be (laughs) so cool.
0: That'd be awesome,
1: man. Oh, uh, you gotta do like a secondary camera looking down at like uh. the bottom, and just you know, even if it's like fake, just like have stuff to shoot out, like <laughs> like some you know, maybe I don't know. I guess you don't want to spray any chemicals or anything, but just have stuff to shoot out from it.
4: Well, I've seen guys. I mean, they uh, they'll put a pressurized system in and have the uh, the uh, nozzles out of a, a like. Well, that the helicopter event, the way I found out about, it, somebody had one for sale. It was a uh, crop dusting scale helicopter. And mm-hmm. they had put in a, uh, a working system. It didn't work well, but they had a working spray system on it. And when just it would just mist out of those sprayers.
1: Yeah, like just water or something. That'd be awesome.
4: Now the only thing then you're running into balance issues, almost like a glow plane. Where where are you going to put the water tank as it yeah. drains so that it's uh you know not messing right up on the, the CG, house.
1: right on the CG. You got to put it right CG. on the CG. Yeah, that way it doesn't matter if it's full or empty.
4: Try put them in the wings, wing tanks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> More elaborate of a project than I had originally planned.
0: I remember you talking about the head tracking. You are going to put it on a Radian or a Glider or yeah, something.
4: Yeah, I did it on the Radian. The Radian, it worked awesome on the Radian. Um oh, cool. ex- except Except, except um, when I stopped the prop on the Radian and it folded back, it hit the camera. So, <laughs>
0: nice.
4: uh, yeah, it needs a windshield or something for that. Um, but, yeah, the uh, man, I'm loving it. The head tracking system was such a great experience.
0: Cool, man. Awesome. We'll have to turn that into an episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, I need to definitely... Learn more about that. And give it
0: a try. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Steve, uh, Kevin. Yeah, you want to go first, Kevin? <laughs> I think what's next for me is the same thing that's next for you. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> it looks the same <laughs> on the notes. Yeah. <laughs> Going to the spring fling thing. Oh, what's Frankfurt. that? Oh, some kind of helicopter event. Yep. That we were all talking about on um, for the last like <laughs> three, four podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that should be cool man i'm hoping that uh steve and i can get out like early like i don't know five o'clock is that too early steve i don't know six o'clock you have to understand that
1: my schedule right now is 11 o'clock i sleep to two o'clock then three o'clock i sleep to five o'clock and then six o'clock i sleep to about eight or nine so <laughs> so any time between I mean, you want to leave at two in the morning? I could do that. Like it,
0: okay. it you know. What I mean, like you want to leave at Dude, five? I could do that. I gotta bring up freaking Bill at the field. He goes when you left. I, he goes. So well, how you guys doing? You know how you guys going down? And I said, well, I'm gonna meet up with Steve at his his house, and uh, we're gonna drive down. And I said, you know, Steve doesn't like to drive for too long, so I'll probably be driving. You know, after the first hour. And uh-huh. he was like, well, if he's if he wants to sleep on the way down, just turn on the podcast because it puts everybody else to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was killing me. He said that I was dying. <laughs> oh Bill. <laughs> uh, Bill's Bill's a pisser. Yes. <laughs> Bill's too funny. Yeah. So yeah, we're doing that, dude. So I don't care. Whatever time you want to leave, we can leave.
1: Yeah,
4: anytime.
0: But right.
1: you're coming Friday night to pack though, right? You wanna load up the yeah. car yeah, yeah, night before?
4: Yeah. No, yeah. no, you gotta you gotta pick up Steve first or you gotta come get me first. I'm me first. Up- Going because, to Steve's. Yeah, he's okay. coming here first.
0: We I'll both wait. live in the same state.
1: <laughs>
0: so I'll probably do that. <laughs>
4: yeah, I wish we Virginia
1: wait. wasn't so far for you, Fred, because uh, it, would, it would be cool if you could just, you know, even if you don't bring anything just to ride your, your motorcycle up there, would be cool, you know?
4: Yeah, that'd be a haul on the bike. Yeah, yeah.
1: you're saying like eight hours or something, right? Something like that? Uh, I
4: think it was like 12. Yeah, and that's on like a 12. highway
1: too, right? Like slabbing it?
4: Yeah, and I, I like back roads on that thing. Oh, yeah, me too, yeah.
1: Um, Cool. So what's up for you, Steve? Uh, So, yeah, Spring Flame thing. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Um,
1: No, but besides that, I got parts coming in for Goblin 420 repair. So that's coming tomorrow. So this is recorded on Tuesday. So I'll be working on that before Spring fling. Hopefully I have it ready. Get my 380 ready. I'm secretly hoping that my N7 will arrive tomorrow, and I'll just dump everything and just start working on that, but I doubt (laughs) it. Uh, let's that would be see. cool. That would be cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll main it and breaking the engine over there. I don't care. Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, besides that is just, I don't know. Um, I got these two planes and I, I got to decide what to do with them. Like which one I'm going to build the Piper first. I know that right off the bat, the J3 is going first. Um, on the build table, I don't know what motor because I was actually hoping that the revolver wouldn't have a, such a great maiden. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I know. People are like, really? I can't believe I've ne- never heard of someone say that before. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, me getting back into planes, I'd be a little rusty and wouldn't probably fly as good as I thought and, you know, have, the, um, have it come down in a not-so-favorable
0: manner. You didn't think it would still be in one piece is what you're trying yeah, to
1: say? Yeah, I thought it would be more of a... You know, a bunch of sticks and covering, you know, flapping around. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, just put that motor in it. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I'll I'll get that going. I'll see what um I might what I might do is you know because I have the revolver, but I also have the other plane, which is an Escapade. I think it's an eighty-inch wing es- Escapade. That's oh, wow. uses a sixty-one engine. So, um, I'm thinking I might see if anybody wants the revolver. And give that airframe away for free. And while, you know, pass it on to the next person, while that happens, I'll take all of the servos and electronics that I put in there in the motor and I'll put that in the Piper Cub, you know, because I, I bought good stuff for that. I bought high tech servos and, um, you know, an OS, uh, FX46 with the, the pits pipe, which would work perfect for the, uh, the J3 Piper Club. So. Yeah, I might do that and see if anybody, you know, any of our listeners want it, or anyone in the neighborhood or in our club wants it, and just take their frame for free, you know, no worries. Yeah. Um, it was passed to me, so I'll pass it to the next person, and and they can they can build it up and fly it. I mean, it does fly. I flew it. It flew pretty good. So, uh, let's cool. see. Yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, there's there's another thing. I got a project too. Um, it's actually a project for me and Kevin, but we'll see. It's a surprise. Um. I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: Does it involve a shovel?
1: <laughs> um, Possibly. Oh, boy. No, because then I wouldn't want a shovel. I don't, I don't want okay. a shovel. I've been shoveling all day today. I'm a B. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, and carrying. You know what I bought today at the Home Depot? Side-tracking a oh, little God. home improvement. Here we go, Fred.
4: <laughs> I bought uh,
1: six bags of 60-pound gravel. Oh, uh, jeez. You know, I mean, it's it's not a, a lot. It's not that heavy, but... I don't know. 60 pounds. 60 pounds times six. Plus, like, you know, I I haven't gotten a lot of sleep last night. Last night was just brutal, constantly waking up every couple hours. So it's like when you don't get that good four, five, six, seven, you know, consistent hours, uh, your body just like, I mean, I was just out of it this morning. (laughs) Like don't get in my way. I'm, I'm just cranky
0: and. <laughs> Tell me so. about it, man. That's been happening to me for five years.
1: Oh, oh boy, I don't know how you do it, man. They had got rid of that freaking mattress. Sorry, I don't know how your wife does. <laughs> I don't know either. But um, yeah. So all right, that's about it. Let's let's go from there. All right, let's uh let's do a wrap up. Oh, right. finally, let's do the wrap up. <laughs> Fred. <laughs> All right, we are at. I don't even know how many likes we have. 610. It's saying only one this week. Yeah, it's like one from. It was like 608 but last week. I see two, though. I see Ra Kabun and Edvin Komarov. All right. All right. I don't even think we need music for that one. No, I'm probably going to throw it in anyways. All right. <laughs> okay, Facebook comments. I got a Facebook comment. Well, it's more of a Facebook Messenger comment. Right. Uh, uh, it came from Mark Ritchie, and Mark Ritchie is located in Australia. So him and a couple of his uh, clubmates uh, actually listen to our podcast, and you know he he was requesting some stickers. Did I, I pass that info free to you, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah, yeah, Kevin will I be haven't uh, sent them out
0: yet. Sorry. We'll be
1: sending you stickers. Um, and he did say, say hi to Kev. Hi, Kev.
4: Okay.
1: Hi, Kev. <laughs> he literally hey. wrote it like that. He said, say hi to Kev hyphen hyphen nice. quote. Hi, Kev. Uh, unquote. <laughs> you know, hey, Mark. Yeah. So, yeah, he's part of this RC, uh, club out in Australia, in Brisbane. Uh, it's called the Queensland. Let me just double check here. Yeah. Queensland RC Helicopter Association Corporate. And I guess that's like the main group, but there's also, a, um, the club alternate name, which, um, Dakaban or Dakabin and they call it Club Daka. Uh, so yeah, he posts a lot of stuff on Facebook. Definitely awesome to, uh, to converse with someone basically on the other side of the planet and the other side of the hemisphere. So that's awesome. So thanks, Mark.
0: Yeah, club Daka.
1: Yeah. And we'll get some stickers out too. Oh, Kevin, send out like, like 15 or 20 because there's like four or five guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you can. Um, and he said, I don't know, to put it in cardboard or something, but I don't know how. However, you want to send it, I think it'll be fine. It'll get there.
0: Why is the mailman not good in Australia? Possibly,
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe just you know, so far away that okay, it might. You know, he doesn't want to get ruined. He doesn't want to get a pile of like ripped stickers or anything. So I don't know. Do as you okay. see fit. Uh, what else do we have for Facebook comments?
0: I'm speaking of stickers. I saw mm-hmm. that Matt Plowman and John Rusher uh mm-hmm. posted some pictures of those stickers that were sent out to those guys. So thanks, guys. Yep, thank so you. I know they got them. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so that's
4: cool. I've been checking my mailbox daily.
0: Have I? No no, out to Fred? no. no stickers for me. Fred didn't get any? I don't think I have Fred on the mailing list. Of course
4: not. Here, I'll put that in the addresses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, I'll have to get you, Fred.
4: But yeah. I need them because, like, when I was down at this hell event, I'm asking, hey, guys, you ever listen to Free Full RC? Who? So mm. uh, I could pretty much say whatever I wanted about them if I really was inclined, and they would never hear it. <laughs> now, post over on Run Rider, they'd know about it. Apparently, they're big fans of that forum.
0: Mm. Yeah, dude, yeah, I'll get you some stickers. Nice. Also, I saw that it was uh, it was great to see that Steve Cashmere, the, he was the guy that won the T-28, Yep. In our giveaway, and he posted some pictures of that, man. It looks great. I didn't get a chance to see them, I guess, as they were posted, but uh, he posted them maybe like a week ago, and uh, mm-hmm. so that was cool. So thanks, Steve. Yep. Yeah, he also posted pictures of the battery. said you got them. So yeah. So you got those two I think.
1: Yeah, yep. Awesome. Those I saw, yep. yep. Um, also, we had some, uh, our sticker sightings, right? We had uh, some, yeah. you know, one was in Brooklyn. It looked like Ian's uh, daughter- uh, tagged a, f- <laughs> a light pole with it. So that was pretty cool. <coughs> nice. Uh,
4: no vandalism, kids.
1: No, no, no. This is, this is, uh, at a club field. So I guess it's okay. I don't oh, know.
4: yes. I saw that. It was on the, uh, on the plywood of it. Those yeah. stickers are biodegradable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. After about 50 is, years. Isn't vinyl biodegradable? <laughs> yeah. Um, and another one is, uh, it's on a, a brand new helicopter, a 550SX logo on yeah. the bottom. Yeah. That wasn't
0: that so, uh, Desk Pilots? Yes,
1: yeah, Desk Pilot, a.k.a. Bill Anthony, a.k.a. AKA William Bill. Anthony, <laughs> yeah. a.k.a. Bill. AKA, AKA, a.k.a. the guy
0: that'll tell you if you can't sleep, <laughs> listen yeah. to the podcast. Good,
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm glad we couldn't put him to sleep. Steve didn't like that comment too much. I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what?
4: For future podcasts, just randomly need to insert, wake up, Bill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh what do we have? What's uh website comments. Yeah, man. Heard from Dave, aka Hilda Flyer, who was very happy to hear that you quit smoking, Steve. Yes. Um I uh read that and I thought that was
4: pretty cool. Dave's a I'll good you, guy,
0: man. Does does some pretty good videos.
4: And he does and some great uh, articles over on the flight test for him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he uh
0: mm-hmm. man, he's
4: he he definitely likes to experiment with stuff. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Nice.
1: By the way, on the note of uh, me quitting smoking, I have saved about seven hundred and fifty dollars. I'll bet. From no, no, that's like from the time I quit. I've been putting in basically um, the mm-hmm. money I would spend on cigarettes, and I was like, "Oh, that's enough to pay off one credit card bill."
4: Right. <laughs> or or pay. buy some batteries.
1: No, no, I was thinking, yeah, or buy some batteries, or <laughs> you know, maybe three batteries, or. Or I could buy a helicopter, a seven hundred size helicopter for that price. Heck man, to. that
4: that could <laughs> fund one hell of a trip.
1: Yeah. So I mean, but I chose to be the responsible one and say, okay, you know, I have this Capital One card. Yeah, it's about five hundred bucks. Let me just pay it all off, you know, just clear that debt. So Nice. Yeah. I I, I think about smoking. <laughs> I won't lie. I'm like, damn man. I've been watching uh Netflix has gotten the whole uh what is that? The um uh, Twilight Zone, like, you yeah. know, four seasons of it, I've been kind of going through them as I, you know, I use it for, like, a light when I have to feed the baby at two in the morning, <laughs> so, like, I'll just turn that on and, you know, it'll be enough light to, you know, it's a black oh, and white yeah. show, there'll be enough light to kind of, I could watch the baby feed and everything, so, but I'm watching it, and I'm like, fuck, everyone smokes in this damn Yo, yeah. series. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know, it's it's like,
5: like,
1: back the in days, the man. 60s, everyone spoke. I was like, ah.
0: It's like watching I Love Lucy, man. Yeah, yeah four of them light up at once <laughs> yeah like, so, holy cow but and, yeah, and every cool.
4: advertiser had at least one cigarette advised you know advertiser
0: mm-hmm.
1: so sure <laughs> all right uh let's see what do we have
0: next pod bean pod bean we had a few people that started following us on pod bean i'm not nice. sure if i mentioned him but uh craig with a k mills started following us uh OJ did it 52 started following (laughs) us. Uh, Um, uh, Ready Gamer One started following us. And I first was like, Ready Gamer One, I thought that had something to do with Ready Player One, but it doesn't. Thanks for, thanks for following us. Uh, and Jerry Kilburn started following us again. Again? But I love that guy, man. Love his name. Yeah. RC Pilot AU liked episode 69 and 70, customized part two and spring is here. And he also liked Episode 71. Pretty much didn't plan shite. You said uh, Craig, Craig
1: Mills, right? With, with a yeah. K? K-R-E-G-G? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's he's the one who won the Neo tonight. Oh, good for him.
0: Yeah. That's, that's right, Telling yeah. That was Fully loaded uh, Neo uh, Flavoros. See, now that's the second guy we've mentioned on the podcast that has actually won something. Mm-hmm. So, like the <laughs> podcast or let us know and you you might have a chance of winning something. Yeah. Good karma.
1: And, uh,
0: jail Langley 77, uh, liked the episode with Craig Jackson, episode 52 with Greg Jackson. Sorry. So uh, that was it. Cool. The end. The end. Uh, iTunes review. I looked on iTunes. I didn't see anything new.
1: Right, drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rcpodcast. Don't forget to check out our webpage, free4rcpodcast.com, as we're always adding new content. So, say hi to Chris.
0: Hi, Chris.
4: Hey, Chris.
1: Hi, Rybert.
0: Hi,
4: Rybert.
1: <laughs> Remember, he's now known as Rybert on our forum, because, I mean, not forum, on our podcast, because we have two Chrises. Uh, let's see here. Two Chrises don't make it right. Didn't <laughs> Oh, boy. Flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production. Other than flight test podcasts, free for RC podcast sitting next to the FT community cast. Hey, Patrick Mike <laughs> Nice. RC uh, <laughs> Heli Hangouts.com. Check us out there on the uh, main section of RC Heli Hangout. What is it? Podcast corner. And then you'll see free for RC podcast sitting next to the RC Heli Hooligans podcast.
4: Yeah, I went out and made sure to sign up and register so that no one else could steal my username. Yes.
0: Nice. Hey, WaltNet. Yeah, what's up, WaltNet? What's your username, dude? Yeah, what's your flying, username? Flying Monkey. Oh, right, right. You don't want anybody taking that.
4: Oh.
1: Nice. Check out uh, Jamie Paulson's uh, blackoutmods.com. He has the, uh, I think his airframe came with his name actually, which is pretty damn cool. But um, yeah. Check out the it's a 700 conversion for the line, 700 Nitro. It's gas conversion. Check it out. Cool. Okay, so Jamie, if uh, any of our listeners had any questions about or engines or conversions, uh, you know, do you have some contact info for them?
2: Yeah, I mean, you can always find me on um, the CP Hellys or RC Heli Hangout. Either of those, uh, you I'll, you know, can find me on those. On Facebook. Uh, on
1: Facebook, yeah. Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook.
2: yeah, Facebook. Yeah. You can find me on Facebook. Uh send me a message request. Um, I'll get back to you as soon as I can on that. And then if uh they needed to needed to email me, um God, how would I put this out there? Uh my email is chevmoncarlo at gmail.com. Go with that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hey, I know yep. who that is. All right, we'll <laughs> see you on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but
0: uh, yeah, I've I've read that name off a of podbean. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wait, what,
1: what, what was it again? Chev
0: Monte Carlo. C H E
1: M O N
2: C A R L O.
1: Okay, want to uh, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and uh, you know helping us understand gas power helis a little more.
2: Oh, th- thanks for having me. It's it's really fun to be able to put out some info and uh, you know yeah. just kind of kind of talk and said I'm always here to uh, to help anybody that, that needs stuff with gasser and, and then if I don't know the answer, I know people that do, so I can get you hooked up.
1: <laughs> nice. Eventually, I'll probably have uh, a gasser in my fleet too. So yeah, I'll definitely be hitting you. Oh, one question, <laughs> Fred. I love doing this. Here. <laughs> one question about uh, gas power helis. I wanted to ask you also is that. You know, you're saying that there's a lot of vibrations from a single cylinder. Have they, has anyone ever thought about doing like a a boxer style twin cylinder engine to Someone balance Someone
2: has, it out? but I'm not gonna talk about it. Oh, <laughs> it has been it's been discussed.
1: Uh-huh. So maybe in the future, maybe.
2: There's definitely thoughts on it. Okay. It's uh, it's something that's being considered because it would it, it would I think it would be heavy. But then again, you know, you're going to get a power to weight out of that, and yeah. yeah. So you know, there's there's thoughts on it, and I'm thinking thinking it could be something in the future. Maybe not. You know, there's lots of lots of R and D to to figure that stuff out. But but hey, yeah, it's
1: yeah,
2: uh, good thinking though, man. You're on <laughs> the ball with gas and stuff already. Thinking, oh, yeah, well, yeah. what if I had a twin cylinder? Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Also, can can I run nitrous <laughs> or a <super> <laughs> Uh, I mean you, you could, guys ever see that for long. a nitro motor? It's like a small little supercharger for a nitro motor for cars. When I saw that I was like, What? <laughs> it's like a little blower you could put on a car on a one of those RC car nitro motors.
2: Oh yeah, I think it was just like a forced air basically. It just just yeah. On it. yeah, I think I saw that. I think they it destroyed itself. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah.
1: Those motors <laughs> yeah. could not handle it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh yeah, it's interesting. But uh cool. All right, thanks again. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jeremy. All right, well, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Jamie, again. Uh, thanks to all our listeners. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. You. Hi, guys Bye, guys. Goodbye. See you. see you. Later. See you. Later. 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 We'll peace out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, man. All right, cool. I appreciate it. I will check you out.